Hey everyone. That's really loud. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Welcome to the Classic Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Ring. With me are Blake Corey. <laughs> and Jay Totoro. Hey. Mash on your keys. That's, that's your call sign. Weird. Uh, good, there you go. You guys doing alright? Doing pretty good. It's, it's, you know, still alive. Somewhat. Still alive. Just pissed off. Still alive. Uh, Blake. You've been playing a little Overwatch. We were just talking about a second ago. Will you tell us? Give give us a quick rundown, even though it's not really related. Um. uh, Okay, that wasn't planning. Uh, it's pretty good. I'm still looking forward to it. That makes me happy. Uh, it doesn't suck. I was a little worried. Is there a release date yet? Uh, yeah, it's like uh, May fifteenth. Oh, that's not bad. It's like a month away. Yeah, it's only about. Holy shit! I didn't realize it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the characters slash classes, I put that in quotes, overall feel mostly balanced, except for a few outliers. They're way stupidly too effective, uh, like Bastion and Tracer. Uh, the la- it's, uh, it's got the same kind of lag problem that, say, TF2 did, where, oh, and this does happen with a lot of shooters, but for me personally, uh, most of my experience online came from TF2, where, like, you'll duck around a corner, and then a quarter of a second later, you'll still get headshotted by someone that couldn't see you anymore, thanks to uh, the way latency oof. works and stuff. That gets really frustrating sometimes. Uh, overall, I think it's actually a little bit not as bad in this, in my experience so far. Could just be the people I've been playing with. Uh, it, Who knows? Good game. I'm looking forward to it. It's a little are limited you, on that right now, but I... How do you, I how do you feel in terms of skill? Uh, to start out with, I was way better than the people I was playing with. And then as I leveled up after about four hours, uh-huh. I was playing with people that were actually about the skill level that I'd expect people to be at. Okay. And that's when the game... Like, that's when some of the annoyingness of some of the maps started to pop up for me. And when I started having not as much fun... Uh, but a lot of that just had to do with, like, unlearning habits that I'd gotten into from playing against the worst players. Gotcha. <clears throat> I'm curious how it's going to be in terms of an eSport. You know, obviously everybody's looking forward to it. Oh! Yeah. But, yeah, I've heard mixed reviews, <laughs> so I'm curious. Yeah, I wonder if it'll if it'll go that route. I mean, I'm sure they'll try uh, to. I think it will, but I think it'll be the same thing as Heroes of the Storm. Like, I hope it's really big and, like, a really solid game, because that'd be really cool, but I think it'll be... Like Heroes of yeah, I'd like to see a different game. kind of shooter make it mm-hmm. in the esports scene. I don't want another Call of Duty or Counter Strike. I want something completely different. Yep, I yeah, agree with you. I do too, but I don't know if like I have a feeling it's even like, like I'm so I'm planning on getting like I don't play many shooters, but I'm kind of planning on getting this one just because it seems pretty cool. Uh, but I, st- I don't know if like. You know, shooters in general, I don't feel like are as fun to watch as an eSport. And I don't know if this is going to do anything as far as that yeah. goes to make it more interesting to I watch. I think it'll be a good spectator sport. I think it'll be better than, than most FPSs. I enjoy FPSs, but I can understand why people don't like watching them. And I think this one, kind of how the, kind of the cool mechanics and the uni- uniqueness of all the characters, yeah. will make it a little bit more interesting yeah. to watch. I think it would be really cool if if they had like this game or any shooter really, like if they had some sort of uh like 
spectator specific camera that wasn't locked to a player and you could kind of like zoom out and see what was going on around the map and like maybe kind of like not necessarily yeah like not bird's eye view but kind of like bird's eye view just like maybe a little closer in like i think that would be really fun to watch if if i i I imagine they will make one it will take a long time because it's blizzard it took them fucking forever to do her stones spectator client and look how complicated that was so i think it'll take them a while to do it but I imagine they'll do a good job with it at least. You think, you think they'll you think they'll try to do something like that? If they actually want it to be an eSport, absolutely. I mean, I think they, they know their mistake from StarCraft. I mean, look how quick they jumped on Heroes of the Storm to be an eSport. I don't think they're going to make that same mistake twice. I wonder how the balancing for this is going to go. Because, like, terms of... that's the one thing. Well, okay, so Heroes of the Storm, huh? uh, how, how did they – have they done a pretty good job balancing that? Do either of you all know? Mm, I mean – to an extent, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, to a degree, maybe. I, I, I think it's from when I was still playing. I remember that every new hero that came out was ridiculously strong yep, on their. Exactly, players. exactly. The same thing that League used to do a ton used of. To do. I don't exactly. know. Exactly. I don't no, know they if don't they do much anymore. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, I guess that stopped right around the time that they released Quinn, probably. Now, <laughs> uh, uh. But yeah, every hero that came out was really strong, and then they probably get nerfed in the next patch or two patches or something. Okay. Uh, it's I'm... overall the balance isn't bad. I, I guess there is some kind of team, interesting team compositions, stuff that you can do with different character abilities, synergizing, things like that. I'm actually a little surprised that it hasn't taken off more than it has. I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, it's, a simplified version yes. of a lot of the other. It's mobiles, way too which, easy. Which for yeah. me, I personally like playing it because of that, which to be fair, I sure. also haven't played it in seven months now or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the things that I liked about the game was the lack of item builds, uh, not having to worry about all that shit. Oh yeah. Because it just gets annoying having every patch change up which items are going to be good, which build you want to go down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I just remember, in a, yeah, I agree with that. Like, the item builds and stuff, like, League of Legends, it just kind of, like, I never got to the point where I, like, kept up with any of that. I would just basically, like, see, like, what's this character's recommended weapon? Just go for that. Uh, but, like, I remember back, like, balance-wise, going back to StarCraft 2, that's that was, like, my last really, like, you know, experience where I was, like, really into the game that they were balancing. And I just remember being, like, it, it like, felt like they didn't listen to what anybody said. They'd be, like, we want all your feedback and all this stuff, and everybody would be, like, like, for a while, like, Protoss, for instance, was killing Zerg 90% of the time. And it was, like, if you did these certain strategies, like, it was basically impossible yep. to beat Protoss with Zerg. And then they'd be, like, all right, we're working on some balance. And then they'd be, and then they'd come back after the patch and be, like, all right, we buffed Protoss. Remember one one one? Oh, that made me almost quit the oh, game. Yeah, that made me almost quit the <laughs> yeah. game. Like your chances of of winning against that were minimal yep. if you were a Protoss player. Like it was just so obscene. I, I actually disagree with you guys in terms of I like the shopping, the the purchasing aspect of MOBAs. I don't I mind it, but it gets to play the game casually. It's a lot to keep up with after like yeah, when a new patch comes out. That's my only problem. I like the idea of items. That's one of the things that actually got me into the MOBA genre. Way, way back in the day when Dota was first coming out, uh, I loved the idea of buying these items and developing them over the course of the game and all this. But it just, like, when every character has this 
you want to get this item and then this item and then this item. And if you're like in a game of 60, 70, 80 different characters, which it, it doesn't have that many in uh, Heroes of the Not yet, yeah. Yet, but someday they're going to have like 40 different characters. Mm-hmm. And if there's a game where I need to fill in a different role and the character that I want to fill that role in with doesn't match the team composition, then I have to play a different character that fills that same role, but I'm not that familiar with that character. And so then I'm just kind of screwed on that game, which gets uh, frustrating really bad sometimes. I'm fine with them not doing items as long as there's another mechanic that replaces it to keep the complexity of the game where it doesn't have one. The maps are supposed to be that, and the maps are so fucking simplistic. The game is just, like, if you watch any pro players, I've talked about this before, it's just five people running around in a gang group, and they just run at each other, and they, it, usually people don't die. Like, that's the other thing. It's really easy to survive fights. It's just, the game is just not an esport yet. Like, they might balance it, but my god, it's just, it's so hard to watch. It's just awful. It, it's just awful. There's no redeeming quality. There really isn't. Yeah, I haven't tried watching that as an esport. I've played it some. I had fun with it for a little while. Yeah, it's very it. fun. I mean, especially if you don't play MOBAs very often. Right. Yeah. 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 They, yeah. I feel like they did a good job of like that's kind of like what Blizzard's really good at. They, they're really good at making games where you can jump in and not really necessarily know a whole lot about what's going on, but still have a fun time as long as you're not playing against somebody who's really experienced. You know. Right. I agree. Yeah. We'll, <clears throat> we'll see what they do with Overwatch, though. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be interesting. Let's talk about classic games. Right. <laughs> well, we've got a lot of... Didn't we have some other news? Oh, yeah, yeah. We yeah. Got, yeah, we got news. We got news. Okay, all right. Uh, well, uh, one of them that I have... We've been burned on this before, I know. Let me grab the link for this. Okay. Uh, so I don't want to get our hopes up too high or anything, but there is another Kickstarter campaign. Oh, I'm not no. saying to go back <laughs> this or anything... But there's a Kickstarter campaign. I have my wallet right here. How much? <laughs> uh, this is another game that is kind of taking up the Final Fantasy Tactics mantle. Called <laughs> Arcadian Atlas. Um, they're going for $90,000. They're currently at 40311 with 22 days to go. It doesn't look bad. It looks like it could be okay. It's also... From what I can understand, uh, not supposed to be a mobile game, and it's not supposed to be a PvP game. So we're not Good. running into Good. that issue. Thank God. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, overall, it looks like I'm interested, but again, I personally don't want to get my hopes up. Yep. So if you want to check it out, uh, it's on Kickstarter. It's Arcadian Atlas. You guys can go check it out and uh, let us know what you think. This does Dude, look pretty cool. I, had, I hadn't seen this yet, but this, like from you know face value, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. And it's like the way that they talk about some of the stuff. It sounds like they at least have some good ideas. How much you want to bet? Like right. somebody goes, somebody goes. You know what? I really want to go to college for liberal arts. And they graduate and they're like, all right, cool. And they're like, you know what? I, I kind of want to go get. Some sort of master's program. And then they get it and they're like, shit, you know what? I just wasted $100,000 and I, I don't really want to do this. I'll start a Kickstarter. I'll get the money to pay back my student loans. And then I'll just not make the game. <laughs> like, that's what it's going to start turning into eventually. Like, obviously this, I mean, we don't know anything about it, but I'm just, I don't know. I'm just I wouldn't still be surprised salty. if something like that has already essentially happened either. Yeah. I'm just super salty about yeah, the yeah. whole Kickstarter thing right now. Like, I just, 
I, I've talked to more and more people who are really excited about like smaller Kickstarters and have donated money and just gotten burned left and right. And I don't know, kind of scared of it. I will say that the apothecary class for Arcadian Atlas, they do just like the chemist does in tactics, and they actually throw potions at people. Oh, that's pretty nice. cool. All the gr- this visually <laughs> looks really cool. Yeah, I like the nice. art of it. I like the animations. It has a very uh, tactics reminiscent kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Wait, I thought you said it wasn't going to be. Oh, okay, Mac. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to throw potions at people. Oh, there's achievements, dude! <laughs> and there's a raccoon. That's what I care about, dude. <laughs> Alright, so check it out. Yeah, check out Arcadian Atlas. It, it looks pretty cool. I would play this um, 100%. Couple other news things. Oh, shit. Hold on. I don't know where this, where I lost this in my notes. Ah, oh, fuck. Where is it? Where is it? Where? Man, I would play. I would, I wish this game was out right now. I'd play this. <laughs> All right, so hold on. It's probably going to be a while. Yeah, 100%. Give me two seconds. All right, well, here, we'll go ahead and talk about one thing, and then I'll find this. So uh, the Baldur's Gate expansion came out that we talked about last time. Siege oh, God. Here. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, there, we, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how much I want to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, so, so first off, supposedly, it, from what I hear, it's not that good. Wow. Um, it's I haven't actually like, heard too many details. I I don't think that I've personally heard any negative things about it overall, aside from the big shitstorm. Yeah, supposedly, so supposedly it's pretty buggy. Really? Yeah. And then, of course, I don't even know if I want to spend any time talking about this, but just to get it out there, the big, like, some people are angry that there's a trans- transgendered uh, character in the game. Well, right. I, that's not what people were pissed off about. Is it a main that's, character or that's, something? That's what I heard. What, what, what are they um, What happened is that, uh, I guess the way that the character is written, they introduce themselves and they, like, that's how they introduce themselves. Oh. They're like, hi, I'm a transgendered queer elfkin or something oh, like that. Oh, like one of those and, memes? And, like, that is how they introduce themselves. It's like the meme, but it's written straight. It's played straight. It's not played as a joke. And so people were pissed off because it's terribly written. And then I can't remember if this character or a different character is, like, is just a completely different characterization from what was established in one of the other Baldur's Gate games. Oh, really? Uh, because there's, it's either this character or another one that acts completely differently and completely out of character in the new expansion compared to what they were in the original game. And people got pretty upset about that, understandably. And uh, it's just a lot of stuff like that where it's just... The writing was just not very good at all. Because it's like, when this person introduces themselves as a genderqueer, whatever the hell they are calling themselves in the game, I can't remember the whole spiel, but that's how they introduce themselves. And it's like, how no one does that in real life. So yeah, you meet this person and then they tell you like their sexuality and that they're a trans elfkin or whatever it is, and it's just like, why did anyone think this was good writing? And then the shitstorm got even so worse. Would, would, when, would uh, you do you think it's do you think it's safe to say that the reaction to that is blown a little bit out of proportion? Um, I as far as 
It seems like people are very, very angry about that. And it's like, okay, I can get it. Sure, yeah, maybe that's not great writing. It's not worth getting, like, super pissed off about. Well, it's that on top of all of the other problems that the game okay. has. Okay, oh, no, oh it's, yeah, it's, I got you, I got that's you. That's, like, the most glaring issue of the game's writing. And then there's, okay. I think, another character that completely acts differently. Uh, there's another line put into the game, that, like a voice-acted line, that they actually later removed uh, that pissed some people off that was just so eye-rollingly stupid that no one could understand why they'd include that. Uh, and then I guess the bugs that you mentioned were probably part of it, and it's probably just not a very good product overall, I guess. Especially considering how much was this game? How be- uh, I think it's twenty bucks. Yeah, I think I think it's twenty. And it, considering how beloved the original two games were, this has a lot to live up to, and it didn't even come close to those expectations. I, I was gonna say I, I have really good memories of playing Baldur's Gate when I was a kid. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So it sounds like you might want to stay away from this then. Yeah, which sucks because I was like, oh man, I might pick that up and do a stream of the Baldur's Gate, uh, do Baldur's Gate 1, do the expansion, and then do Baldur's Gate 2, Throne of Om, or uh, wait, Throne of Ball, I think. It's been a long time. And then I found out all this shit was wrong with Siege of Dragonspear, and I was like, eh, maybe I'll just stay away from that then. <laughs> just stay away from that. So there's Siege of Dragonspear. Um... Let's see, there, uh, so, so, there's also, I guess we should, we could go back to Blizzard, maybe this would have been a better segue, but apparently, so we've talked about how they've released updates for Diablo 2 and Warcraft 3 recently to make them kind of more compatible on, like, current gaming systems. It's from, based on what a uh, Blizzard mod said in the Blizzard forums, it sounds like they're doing the same thing. They basically more or less confirmed that they're doing the same thing for StarCraft, now, the original StarCraft. Huh. Uh, basically, there, there weren't any details, but somebody mentioned it, and he said, like, oh, yeah, we're working on StarCraft also. So no, like, details on exactly what they're doing or when it's going to be done, but it seems like it'll probably be another compatibility thing, so we may have that coming down the pipes. That's uh, pretty- yeah, that's pretty cool. Final Fantasy IX is on PC now. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, also- I, I always forget... Is Final Fantasy IX, that's one of the pretty good ones, right? Yes, that's one that most people love. Not one that I personally do, though. Okay. But I am looking forward to playing through it again, doing the Steam playthrough. I'll give it another shot, I guess. Give it another shot? For like the fourth time. Let's say it's not eight, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, what's funny is that I'm probably going to make myself play through eight, or at least part of it. Well, Just if you're going to kill yourself, let me know. Me, I'll take over me. your extreme. I, haven't, I still haven't totally decided. I'm still split on it. Uh, but yeah, I will definitely let you know if I do decide <laughs> to kill myself. If you play it, you're going to kill yourself. Let's be real here. <laughs> Socks the Cat. Have, you, have any of you guys heard of this? I don't think that I have. It is a Super Nintendo game that never ended up being released. It's about okay. uh, Bill Clinton's cat. You play what? as... Yeah. You play as I don't know I don't know the details on why it never was actually released, but it was made and just not released. You play as Bill Clinton's cat Socks, and it's ba- it basically looks like it's a uh, like a like a like a pretty like stock uh, platformer. So this game, as I said, was never released. Some guy this is this is according to Destructoid. Let me let me get the guy's name. Some guy managed to find. Hold on. 
like the source code from it or something like that. Uh, Tom, Tom Curtin. He found the prototype of the game and, uh, he, he, he somehow came into ownership of it and somehow got the rights to the, uh, got like the legal rights to the game. I, and so just, he, what even? I don't know. Like nobody <laughs> seems to know the details of how it I guess you, the better question would just be why? It says Tom Curtin not only found a functioning, this is again on Destructoid, not only found a functioning prototype of the game, but also acquired the trademark for Socks the Cat and plans to release the game after a Kickstarter campaign. So, uh, from what they've said, uh, according to, I think they got in touch with this guy, Tom Curtin, and he's got the game and everything and, and he's ready to release it. The purpose of the Kickstarter is more or less to, to kind of find out how many copies he needs to have printed. Uh, the Kickstarter is not going yet, so we'll keep an eye out for that, but yeah, socks the cat. How about that? How about them apps? That yeah. is really strange. Like, that's one of the things you hear and you're like, just kind of like, what? Yeah, everything about this is pretty, it's pretty bizarre. Like, I'm really, like, it's, it's also, it's really weird how, like, just magically this guy found a prototype and then acquired the rights to it. Like, how did that happen? Yeah, how? And why? And then why did he get the rights? Why did he want the rights? And why, just why? Why was the game even a thing? Oh, God. It hurts. Yeah, it's pretty bizarre. Um, and then we got, all right, so there's one more thing that Jay, I know you're ready to talk about, but first there's yeah, no, a, take a time. Okay, sure. another pretty interesting piece of news. Uh, the Rochester video, uh, the video game museum in Rochester, New York, you know, last year they started the world video game hall of fame. And oh, yeah. every, yeah, every year they're going to induct, I think it's, uh, I think it's six. Yeah, yeah, I believe it's so. six games into the Hall of Fame. They announce like the finalists for the induction, and then it says uh, on May fifth they're going to announce the actual six teas. Cool. So they've got their list of the fifteen games they're going to be choosing from this year. They have not loaded listed it yet, though, correct? No, they have. Oh, okay, they cool. Are. I'm excited. Elite, the old uh, like uh, Commodore sixty four, I think, like you know, of course, precursor to like sure. All the other Elite games that came after. Elite Dangerous being the most recent, yeah. Yep. So there's Elite, uh, Final Fantasy, Grand Theft Auto 3. That's a good one. Holy shit. Yep. John Madden Football, The Legend of Zelda, Minecraft once again, uh, Uh, Nurburgring. I had to look up this here. It's, I'll say, I'm going to paste this in. It's N U and the U is like the U with two dots on top. N U R B. Nurburgring, I think. G R I N G. I guess so. Uh, <laughs> this is, I looked, it took me like a little while to, like they didn't have a whole lot of information on exactly what this was, even on their own, like post about all this. It took me a minute to figure out what this was. From what I understand, this is the first like, 3D arcade car racing game that has like a steering wheel on the arcade that you that you control it with. So that's what that is. The Oregon Trail, Pokemon Red and Green, uh, Sid Meier Civilization, The Sims, Sonic the Hedgehog, Space Invaders, Street Fighter 2, and Tomb Raider. Ooh. 
Tomb Raider uh, feels like to me the most oddball on that list. Yeah, it's, Tomb Raider I, Two is really good. Tomb Raider, like I don't know if I would necessarily say oddball, but it, to me it's the it's the one that's like, uh, this probably doesn't stack up to the rest of them. Like I could see it being inducted. Like at some time, but can, but 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 if it's up against all these, I don't see it making that cut. Yeah. Um. So, so uh, Minecraft and Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, and Space Invaders were all up last year, so it looks like they're putting them up again to give them another chance to make the, to make it. Yeah, that's that's sad. Any uh, any on here that you really don't think belong? Uh, I know. I, I, Besides Tomb Raider, Blake? Yeah, I guess Tomb Raider. We talked about Minecraft a bunch last time. Do you have a link to that list so that I could look it over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me yeah. Up. I think uh, for our for our next top three, we'll do, uh, like, which of these games we think should be inducted. We'll do, like, a top six, which ones we right. should be inducted this year. Well, there's the list. Um, do they have any yeah. rules for what, like, do they list somewhere what their criteria are for what they're trying to... Uh, like what they uh, think yes, is the yes. best option right. here. Yeah, I took I, I took this paragraph Super. from their website. So uh, they say the World Video Game Hall of Fame recognizes electronic games that meet the following criteria: icon status, the game is widely recognized and remembered; longevity, the game is more than a passing fad and has enjoyed popularity over time; geographical reach, the game meets the above criteria across international boundaries; and influence. The game has exerted significant influence on the design and development of other games, on other forms of entertainment, or on popular culture and society in general. A game may be inducted on the basis of the last criterion without necessarily having met all of the first three. See, Grand Theft Auto 3 to me is like, that is such an obvious one. Like, that is, Grand Theft Auto 3 was just, it's yeah. insane to think about. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I think this list is pretty, pretty. I think this is a pretty solid, pretty. Except fair. for Minecraft, yeah, I agree with the rest of it. Well, I, I don't it's even. Just, uh, I can see Minecraft. I just personally feel like it's still too early to really put that on there. I kind of, yeah. I, I kind of lean more towards Blake. I, I, I don't have a problem with it being on here. I, I, I understand why it's on here. I don't know if I would necessarily like. I mean. I, I don't think, I don't think, I could see a situation where I would vote and say, yeah, I think Minecraft should be on there. I don't think, I think I would find six other games besides Minecraft from this list, but even though I'm not like a huge Minecraft fan or anything, I could, I could, I, I see where they're coming from. Uh, uh, last, I'm just talking shit because I hate it. <laughs> last year, last year's winners, just as a reminder, were uh, Doom, Pong, Pac-Man, Super Mario Brothers, Tetris, and World of Warcraft. I guess for me, the only one I could really say that I'm confused about on here would be like Sonic the Hedgehog and really? maybe Space Invaders. I'm a little confused about Final Fantasy One, to be honest. Like, I understand why it's there, but at the same time, like, of all the Final Fantasies in the series that were kind of meet that criteria, I don't know. Well, it's kind of like this is the one that got a kickstarted. That it, yeah, like it saved SquareSoft at the time. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I guess that is true. Okay. And so it was successful enough to save them and keep them in business. So it had some degree of financial success there. I I don't know. I want to say that it had a pretty decent following in the States at the time. I'm pretty sure it was a bigger sale than Dragon Warrior. So in that regard, it was also important here in the West. I played the shit out of it. I'm just saying, yeah. I mean, yeah, I played it. 
and I know that my cousin did, and my cousin's friend did, but I don't know, like, how much outside of that, like, how well it actually did sales number-wise. Uh, I guess the big ones I would be confused about would be Sonic the Hedgehog. I, I can understand why you're a little confused with that. It just doesn't, I don't feel like it does anything that completely changed the industry like, say, Mario did. Um, without knowing more about Nürburgring, I can't really say if it was the first 3DS or 3D arcade game with a steering wheel. That makes a little bit more sense. I, that's been a bit of, pretty big part of arcades for sure. I want to ar- argue against Oregon Trail because I know that it's this big pop culture thing, but I don't feel like it's that important overall. Yeah, neither do I. It, it's kind of like a, it's kinda like a yeah. running joke almost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I died of dysentery. You know, like people always say that all the time. By their own rules of uh, has had a lasting effect on pop popular culture and society in general. Like it's a huge right. Oregon Trail, like we just said, is a huge part of pop culture. So in yeah. that regard, I can see it. I just don't know that it deserves the recognition. Uh. Like I'll, I'll be honest. The other one is the I believe it's not. Yeah, The Sims. Like The Sims to me is is a very popular series, but it's kind of niche. Like it's it's not like mainstream, at least in my eyes. Like I don't know, I know man, a lot I, of people. I, that do. It's I one of the Sims fairly mainstream. Yeah, really? I, it's very mainstream. It's uh, I'd say it's successful with a less hardcore gaming audience. It's very casuals. successful with Call a what they are. casual and <laughs> call them what they are, Blake. Don't dance around the bush, fucking casuals. I don't give a shit. Uh, it's, uh, it's actually got a pretty big following, especially, like, I personally... Big enough to be nominated for the Hall of Fame, though? Yeah. I think so. Think it, like, how many series, how many different versions that game has had, and how many expansions each of those has had, and they've actually all done pretty well financially. Hmm. It reaches a very different market than basically every other game on this list, but yeah. yeah. And then the original Tomb Raider, I, I guess the thing there would be female lead. I don't know. I Tomb Raider was see... pretty big when it came out. But like, well, I remember the second one being crazy yeah, popular. Yeah, I don't remember the first one being anything, though. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I, I'm pretty damn sure. I remember the first one being pretty, like, pretty big at the time. But so we'll do our top. We'll do a top six for ne- for the next episode. It'll be our six inductees. So get ready for a three hour episode next time. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I was <laughs> like, oh Jesus, this is gonna be a long fucking episode. And then the last uh, piece of news, Blake uh, Jay, you want to take it from here? Yeah. So I'm incredibly. Pa- I'm like I was shaking the other day. I'm so. I'm still really upset about this whole <laughs> deal. I'm so mad. So. Obviously, I've talked about this on numerous occasions. I'm a huge World of Warcraft fan. Like, I've played WoW for a long time. It was one of my first jobs. It got me into esports and all this other shit. I've, I've had a very long history at the game. <laughs> and I play on a vanilla uh, private server. And what that means is the original World of Warcraft is amazing. It's incredibly good. And the Blizzard will not release an original version of the game. They've stated on several occasions they have no interest in doing it. So people have taken the initiative to start projects to create these servers for people to play on. They're absolutely free. The qualifications by Blizzard standards are they cannot profit off of it. Uh, they can do donations to help with the cost of the servers because maybe for those of you who don't know, when you have a server with 15,000 people, it's close to $1,000 a month if you're lucky. So 
being a side project, that's obviously very expensive. The second rule is it cannot have current content, so it cannot be the current expansion for World of Warcraft. And the third one is it can, the server cannot be based in North America. If it's based in North America, they will instantly shut you down, without question. So this week, uh, there was a server called Nostalrius. It was an incredibly popular vanilla server. I did not play on the server. I actually play on a, a separate server um, that's not nearly as popular. I have My server has like 10% of the population that this server had. Uh, Blizzard sent them a cease and desist letter this week and shut them down. And they gave no reasoning. They gave no warning. They just sent them a letter and said, if you do not shut down your server by this date, we will sue you. And they actually proceeded to sue them as well, which is fucking fantastic. And the reason they sued them is because of all the slander that came out of it. So <laughs> you guys probably haven't seen this. If you guys want to pull this up, uh, these guys sent, made a really emotional post to Michael Morheim, basically saying, dude, what the fuck? Like, can you guys either make servers or let us do it? And it's has it's a petition with 115,000 signatures already. And this is and and last uh, not last year but the year before I was at BlizzCon I was sitting in the crowd while Michael Morheim was on stage along with all the other uh, executives. Ah, this. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I was sitting next to this guy and I was talking to him. We were talking about legacy servers and he goes, "I'm going to ask this guy about it." And so they opened the floor to Q and A. And the first question he asked was, he said, because they were talking about their new expansion and you know everybody was so not hyped at all. Nobody gave a shit. And so the guy was like, you know, to the crowd, does anybody have any questions? And, he, and, he, and somebody raised their hand and goes, yeah, uh, are you guys going to release legacy servers? And like, So they, they went on this rant for 90 minutes talking about the new expansion, and the first question they get from the crowd is, are you guys going to release legacy servers? Basically saying, no one fucking cares. No one wants to play your new content. We really just want you guys to come up with legacy servers and do what you need to do. And his response was, you don't want that. Trust me, you don't want that. And so now this is a running meme on the internet. This is a hashtag that's going everywhere, anything to do with World of Warcraft. And so after they shut down this server, there were these insane videos. So they, they shut down this server. Uh, last Sunday was the final day that they were allowed to have the servers open before they'd get in trouble. And they posted – let me see. I'm trying to pull it up here. Sorry. But essentially a bunch of people filmed the last couple moments on this server because uh, – I didn't really talk about this. But this ga- this server had anywhere from about ten to 15,000 people on at any given time. They had over 800,000 accounts made on their server. Their website had 2 million hits per month. And they, it was all free. They did the thing completely out of pocket. <clears throat> and so people were really pissed off. And it's really upsetting. And Blizzard can suck the fattest part of my ass because they basically went in and said, hey, you guys are doing such a good job and you guys are actually starting to make us nervous that we're just going to shut you down. But we don't have an alternative for you guys to use. And to be honest, nobody who plays on private servers like that has any interest in playing the current expansion of World of Warcraft because it's just not the same. It doesn't have the same essence. There's just a lot of key things that are missing. Um, so that is my – do you guys have any questions before I move on? Because I know I just said a lot of shit because I'm really pissed off. No, I've kept up with this a little bit on my own, so I pretty much know and understand all that already. Yeah, I think so. that's, a, that's a pretty good rundown. I don't obviously keep up with it really, but but uh, feel like yeah. feel like I've been keeping up with it for years thanks to you. Yeah, well, yeah, and I mean, I'm not, like, this server specifically, it wasn't just this, it's just the whole the whole thing with Blizzard, and Blizzard has not said anything, they will not say anything, I'm not surprised at all, they're they're not yeah, they stupid will. enough, and what, what's funny is if you go to their website, and if you go to the, the forums on World of Warcraft, it, one of these threads will pop up every five minutes, and Blizzard will instantly delete it, instantly delete it, instantly delete it, they will not say a goddamn word, and they are trying to hide it, they have... Uh, gone through banning all the streams of it on Twitch again. They are currently trying to mute the subreddit. The subreddit for World of Warcraft has now restrictions on it, talking about private servers. 
And so Blizzard's doing everything to prevent this from becoming a thing except for capitalizing on it. Whatever reason, they don't just do it. And they've said on multiple occasions that the reason is they don't want to pull away from the development of the current game. Right. So this is an open source project where they basically have all the data stored and they could easily produce it if they wanted to within probably a year. And they could make millions of dollars doing it, but they're not going to. Okay. Um, I've talked to some of my sources. <laughs> okay. Sources are very close with people at Blizzard, and they've said, uh, said to me that if you bring this up in the presence of anybody at Blizzard, it is a big no-no. If you work for Blizzard and you talk about this, you might want to start looking for another job, is essentially what they said. It is, for whatever reason, it's just taboo within their freaking company. I don't know why. I don't get it. It's just infuriating. Um, and so to continue on that rant, the, what I played this week, because this, this leads into the game that I played, is a brand new World of Warcraft Burning Crusade server came out. Uh, Burning Crusade is the first expansion for World of Warcraft. It came out in 2006, and it was the biggest hype thing ever. Blake, did you go through the Dark Portal on the opening day? Um... I that's can't no. remember. That's a no. If you don't remember, that's a no. That's what I just. I heard. don't. I don't think I was sitting there in front of the portal waiting for it to open on the opening day, but I may have logged in later on that day, or it may have been at a time when I didn't exactly have the money to afford it right then. So, so I may have had to oh wait my. like a week or something. So this was back. Is the 2006. Uh, this is back when GameStop was still a thing and people actually liked them. And I pre-ordered mine from GameStop because you couldn't digitally download the game like you can today. So I pre-ordered the game, and it came in on a specific date. I don't remember exactly when. And I stood in the biggest fucking line at GameStop you will ever see uh, to get my copy of the game. I drove home. I was in high school at the time. I drove home. Um, I started playing, and I didn't stop playing. I missed school the next day. Like, it was just – it was so much fun. It was – Tens of thousands of people going through this this portal and going into Outland, which is the expansion content, and it's I mean it was just amazing. And the game Burning Crusade is the best expansion in most people's eyes that Blizzard ever came up with. The content was great; it still kept up with most of the lore accurately. It wasn't weird at all. They introduced Arena, which was a very skill based PvP system that ended up turning into a an esports phenomenon. Say that again. I think you mean comp based. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah to an extent, <laughs> at the higher level. Yeah, I'll give you that. When you definitely get higher up. Uh, which, I mean, kind of was one of the turning points for esports for, for Blizzard. I mean, it was their first title that, that picked up after. I mean, StarCraft was obviously big, but it wasn't big in North America. It was big in Korea during the early 2000s. And then World of Warcraft came out and everybody was watching it and the viewership started picking up. This was just before Twitch came and it was so exciting to see. And people want to relive this experience. And I sort of had the luck to do so. So the one downside to people creating these private servers is it is done by people, right? And people aren't perfect. So this server has been hyped for months. People have been waiting and begging and asking for ETAs. And last uh, Thursday, they announced that they were going to release it this Thursday. Everybody's excited. Everything's great. Thursday night, I come home, log on. Oh, guess what? They uh, didn't expect the amount of people to log on as as they did. They actually preemptively opened up three servers to allow eight uh, 3,000 people per server, which is a lot of people for a World of Warcraft server. They had 18,000 people try to log on in the first 15 minutes. It crashed their hardware. And then at the same time, it was 18,000 people logging in with 100,000 accounts behind it. 
So they had estimated before their servers crashed 118, 115, 118,000 people trying to log on at once. This is a private server. And this is the kind of shit that Blizzard is uh, probably going to end up shutting down. But essentially, the server ended up getting ended up crashing, and it's been up and down throughout throughout the last couple of days because they weren't expecting this much traffic. And you it's, don't it, want that. Yeah, and exactly. See, thank you. See, you already understand the meme, Robert. This is why we're <laughs> friends. And that's exactly what people have been chanting all weekend is, oh, we definitely don't want this. Oh, we definitely don't want this. And it's just – it is so fun, man. I've been reliving – so many memories from when when I first played the, the Burning Crusade. I mean, they in original WoW there was a lot of real bullshit kind of things that didn't run properly, and they fixed most of the mechanics and everything, and it's a lot cleaner. And they added new talents and classes and dungeons, and it's just it's an amazing addition to a game that's in the Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so that, this is what I've been doing for the last this week or so, and I've. Honestly, haven't had this much fun playing a game in a very, very long time. The server is down right now because it got, it's actually getting it, it got DDoSed several times. Uh, it is now being added to Cloudflare. By Blizzard, right? You know what's funny? So, <laughs> I didn't, I forgot to mention this. So yesterday, uh, Blizzard made a post about Nostralius and it instantly got deleted. And Blizzard nobody, made Blizzard made a post, it got deleted. And no, <laughs> only, only one person I know actually read it. Uh, there's like some, so nobody has a picture of it, which is insane because, you know, it's the internet and everything's permanent, uh, at least to my knowledge. So yesterday, Blizzard posts this thing about it and then Nostalgia goes down. Well, over the last like three days or so, Blizzard has been DDoSed nonstop. Hearthstone, Here's the Storm, right. their World of Warcraft uh, retail oh, has yeah. all been down. All yeah. of them been down and... Has it been confirmed that it's Lizard Squad behind yes. that? Yes, yes. Okay. They, they basically led into it saying, hey Blizzard, go check on your servers. You guys should probably go check your server room. Well, they took credit for it, but nobody knows for sure if they actually... No, they said right. that beforehand. They said it before it happened. They really? said, hey, yeah, they said it beforehand. And so it, it's just funny. And, you know, a lot of people are like, eh, maybe this is tied to, you know, Blizzard kind of shitting on people and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, oh, that's not good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just been a really eventful week for this kind of stuff, and I've been having a lot of fun and... I look forward to more more Blizzard being fucking retards. But I'll be honest with you, if I if I had pre-ordered Legion, I would have canceled it. And I know most of the people I know canceled Legion specifically because this. And what's funny is a lot of them had, don't even play on the private servers. They still did it just out of the uh, out of what's the word? spite or uh, yeah. loyalty. Lo- kind of loyalty. It's just oh, that's not good. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Disgust. Yeah, that's been my week, so, and that's 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 been me all pissed off. So all right, hey, let's talk about. Uh, World of Warcraft, the game, for, for just a second. Sure. So you played World of Warcraft. Yep. Uh, obviously a very famous game. Yep. So, for me, for instance, some or somebody like me, like, I remember when this game came out, I was kind of on the fence, and I, I eventually just ended up not, like, I heard so many good things, but I was like, ah, just, you know, not really an MMO. I, I, well, actually, at the time, I was playing Final Fantasy uh, 11. And Which is a really good game as well. Yes, it was good, and but like overall, I'm not generally really into MMO. Like the only other MMO, like I, I played a little bit of EverQuest, but the only other MMO that I really played was Guild Wars 2, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. What is it that makes World of Warcraft so good compared to other MMOs? Uh, so for me, so playing vanilla WoW versus playing retail. So retail WoW, you log on. You are like, oh, hey, I didn't do raids. Well, this well, week. well. Uh, compared to like just any other multi, massively multiplayer online game, 
like 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 say 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 you're back when this game came out and everybody's like holy shit this is the best mmo yet what is it that was so much better than than everything else solo content you could solo level and at the time, that was that all the was? biggest thing different. Uh, there's a lot of things about it. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Warcraft lore as well also had a lot of people tied in. Warcraft, I mean, is an amazing series. That's actually something I'm going to play really soon, probably for uh, in the next upcoming months. Warcraft has an incredible lore. I didn't play or I didn't know about the Warcraft lore going into World of Warcraft, but I've recently in the last couple of years started watching videos and kind of learning about it and stuff. It, it's really good, and a lot of people were tied just because of that. Um, you know, because if, if, if you ever played work, did you play Warcraft, Robert? Warcraft? Yes. I played Warcraft 3. That, that's Warcraft. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, didn't, I thought you were asking okay. if I played Warcraft 1. Oh, no, sorry. So, I mean, it, it, it it's just, it would be so cool. I Obviously, for me, the reason I played is because all my friends did, and I got into it because of them, and once I started playing, it was just a blast. I mean, there's just, there's so much to do. There's a lot of group-oriented stuff. You, I, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it's just, it's just nuts. I mean, it, it's, it is the true essence of an MMO. I, I don't think anything will ever take it down. I think the only thing that'll take it down is, is honestly itself, which is looking to be the near future. I would say. But so they I don't know. Kind of did everything a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, EverQuest was incredibly popular. Dark Age of Camelot was incredibly popular at the time leading into it. And everybody jumped shit from all these games and, and just went over to WoW, and it was like, this is it. This is this is the game. I played Dark Age of Camelot. I did not play EverQuest. Uh, when I started playing WoW, there was just something about it, man. I, I don't know what to tell you, but it's just... They did it right, and... I, I think they put a lot of passion into the project. I, they were still Blizzard. Pri- they weren't Blizzard Activision at the time, so they had a lot of passion going into it. The, the music was great. The graphics were cartoony, but really good for the time. Um, the the effects, the classes were done uniquely and really, really well done. All the content was great. The quests were exciting. I wouldn't say that it was well done on the vin- in vanilla for the classes. Really? Well, just because of the class trees being so shitty and... By endgame, you had to be essentially one spec. That is true if you wanted a hardcore raid, but like most of the population didn't necessarily raid like that. Well, it wasn't even raiding, but like even dungeons to a lesser degree or PvP. For a lot of classes, there was basically like, if you're going to do this thing, there's this spec that you have to be as. That is actually really true. Honestly, that is really true. It's one of the only reasons that I did not like vanilla is that the cla- the whole skill tree system was a pile of crap at the time at launch. Yeah, actually, that, that's until, actually really true. Um, probably Burning Crusade. I, if I remember right, Burning Crusade at least moved really heavily in the direction of making the rest of the skill trees better at other yes. things. Yes. So what what he's saying is Robert. There, so the Druid class, for instance, in vanilla. It was a healer. It had a feral tree, which was <laughs> yeah. which was oh, intended to God. to be like a physical DPS tanking class, and they had a they had a, a balance tree, which was intended to be like a caster DPS. They were both garbage. Uh, you primarily only played resto paladins. They had a protection tree to tank, a ret tree to DPS, and a holy tree to heal. They only healed. Their damage was not viable. Their their mm-hmm. tanking ability was not good. In Burning Crusade, all of these subclasses became viable. Uh, balance tree and druids became incredibly good. Uh, they have a thing called moonkin, and it, all these little subclasses became viable, and the game just expanded even further out. It was like a lot of things that people really, really wanted, all of a sudden came into play, and it was like it just kind of 
it, it was a true expansion. It built from it built on the original content, whereas with the later ones, they kind of went in a different direction than what the game should have gone. Okay, Makes sense. All right, but yeah, yeah, it's been a been a fun week. I've been talking to a lot of people and laughing <laughs> a lot. Blizzard Blizzard's expense. Okay. <laughs> I love you, Robert. All right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that's his that's his right. way of segueing like, okay, there's some dead air, dead air here. What am I going to fill that with? I'll say all right. Yeah, that's good. All that's right. Good... <laughs> who wants who wants to go next? Blake, you want or you want, you want me to take Um, I mean, I guess I can go next. We could sit here and talk. We could do a whole wow episode, honestly. That's the thing. Or Robert would kill himself. Let's be real. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would say that, honestly, at the time, the biggest thing that set it apart, because I'd actually played EverQuest before it, um, WoW had come out, I played Final Fantasy XI before it come out, came out, and one of the biggest things that made WoW the success that it was, was, what's funny, Jay, is you calling this out a minute ago and call it what it is, and it was that it was much more casual than the other MMOs. It had the ability, to, you could go out and do all of this solo content. You could level up by yourself. You didn't need a party to go and level up. And people that haven't played some of the older MMOs don't understand this idea. EverQuest yeah. was the biggest one. Uh, then oh, Final Fantasy XI. Yeah. Well, it was very bad. I'd say that Eleven was probably even worse about it than EverQuest was. But I feel like EverQuest kind of shaped the entire genre. One of the reasons I didn't like Final Fantasy XI was because it just said, hey, let's make EverQuest with a Final Fantasy skin. That's what it felt like to me. But I still played it, and one of the reasons I played Eleven is because so many of my friends did. Then, a lot of my other new friends started playing World of Warcraft, and that's one of the other reasons that I made the switch over to that. I actually stayed playing World of Warcraft through most of Wrath of the Lich King, because I had one or two friends in that game, and the only way that I'd ever be able to get to spend any time with them is playing that game. So I ended up sticking around with World of Warcraft a lot longer than I was actually interested in the game itself. Because of the I, friends that I'd made in the game and the friends that I knew that from my, quote, real life that played the game as well. Uh, yeah, World of Warcraft... Yep. <laughs> Robert, you will never experience the amazingness, I'm sorry. I might, who knows, I might play one day. No, you can't now, <laughs> it's too late. Yeah, I know, but I might do Yeah, but they're the old servers, they're sort oh, of... Oh, come on. The, the oh, yeah, that's the other thing, so my server's been flooded with people. Oh, yeah, like, it's, well, it's big surprise. Yeah. <laughs> We're so, trying to get Chinese gold week, farmers and stuff. Or so for far. this, I guess, second, uh, our bi-weekly, for this bi-week... I didn't actually get to really play anything for the podcast because I started up Lufia 2 for my RPG year stuff on Wednesday. Then we had a storm that came through Colorado and it hit and? parts of Denver. The storm itself didn't actually hit my place, but it hit where we get our power from. So I lost power on Wednesday, and so I was playing Lufia 2 on stream, and I'd gotten up, uh, I'd put about five hours into it, and then I lost my save because we got a power outage. And the way that the emulator I'm using works... Oh, no. If the emulator isn't shut... If the emulator crashes in any way, if it doesn't get shut down properly, then whatever progress has been made since you booted the emulator up is gone. 
Oh, my oh, God. Oh, it sucks. 100% gone. So I lost about five hours of work in Lufia 2, and I didn't want to go back to it the rest of the week. <laughs> so I haven't yet. I might eventually, but for <laughs> now, I don't want to go back to it. It's just it's that really boring early part of a game where you've got to go through all these fights with one character in your party, and you're just sitting there auto-attacking stuff and falling asleep with the controller and shit. Uh, it's not going to be very fun, just skipping all that dialogue and everything. The other, so I, I'll briefly talk about the game. If you haven't played Luffy 2, it's one of the hidden gems of the SNES era RPGs. I totally recommend the game. Uh, it's a little, it does some things really, really, really well and really interesting. It's got this, I, uh, this system called the IP system. And what happens is that in battle, as you're taking damage, this IP gauge will fill up. And every piece of equipment that you c- can equip which there are, I think you can equip seven different things on each character, and every one of those pieces can have a different IP effect. Uh, for example, early on in the game, you find a weapon called the Insect Crush, and what this weapon does is it does more damage against insects, and then it has an IP attack that is uh, called Bomb Crash, and you hit all of the enemies with a regular physical attack. So you do basic damage to all of the enemies, that's a pretty unique effect, and it's pretty effective. Not every piece of gear will have an IP effect either. Some of them will just have stronger stats than what you're currently equipping. But the thing that you have equipped right then, the IP effect, might make it worth keeping around or even just keeping equipped instead of spending money on upgrading just your stats. Uh, there's one piece of armor like the Camu armor, which restores 25% HP to your whole team. That's really, really strong. That's a really good group heal. Uh, then there are things like do three times your basic attack damage and attach a fire element to your attack and all this stuff. It's an incredibly cool system that adds a lot of interesting variety to the gameplay. Uh, it makes it so that you want to hold on to some of your older equipment so that you can swap it in at a boss fight in case he's weak to this other thing. Or if you really need to lower his intelligence stat, you can have a piece of gear that has an IP effect that'll do that for you and all this stuff. Uh, that's probably the coolest thing about the battle system. Uh, it also actually lets you, instead of having a single target or all target spells, it lets you pick every target that you will use your spell on. So if you're in a fight where uh, there are these group of enemies that are like resist, they completely nullify thunder attacks. They completely resist them. And then the other two enemies in the fight are weak to thunder. You can just cast your thunder spell on those two enemies and not waste your time attacking the other two with it. That's a really nice little effect. That's kind of, what system was this for? uh, Super Nintendo. That's really smart for (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, What else does it have? So the other big thing of the game is the puzzle system. The thing that really set this apart from most other games is that it was this top-down RPG, just like most Final Fantasies, but it's got this puzzle-based system where you get new tools for uh, these puzzles as the game goes on. You start out with a bow and arrow that you use to, like, shoot switches and stuff. The other thing is you don't necessarily get into actual random encounters in this game. You see the monsters on the map as you're exploring, in the in the dungeons. On the world map, you get, do get into random encounters, but in the dungeons, you actually see the enemies. And every enemy type has its own kind of special movement patterns. Some of them mirror your movements, so that if you walk forward, it'll walk forward. If you walk to the left, it'll walk to the left. And then others have like a reverse thing, where if you walk to the right, they'll walk to the right, etc. 
then there are other enemies that just try and hunt you down, and they'll maybe like move once every two times that you take an action, or there are some enemies that'll move twice for every single action you take. And what you can also do with some of the tools that you get in the game, such as the bow and arrows, is that you can shoot these enemies on the dungeon screen as you're exploring, and it will freeze them in place for a little bit. So you've got these tools that help you avoid some encounters if you're just trying to get through a dungeon. And then you've got these the same tools that are also used to help solve puzzles in that dungeon. You'll be shooting switches. You'll be, uh, you eventually find some bombs that let you blow up walls. Uh, later on, you get a hook shot that lets you cross some gaps. And I feel like uh, there's definitely one or two items in there that I'm missing. And I can't recall what they are. Like later on, you also get uh, like fire arrows, which let you light bushes on fire as the arrow's traveling. Which oh, is it's actually like Zelda. It's fairly Zelda-esque in its <laughs> puzzle ideas, yeah. Turn-based instead of action-based. for a second. Welcome back. Yeah, he let you. you let, no, Thanks you for chiming in there. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, so the puzzle system is actually really cool. It also has some things where you don't use these tools to solve the puzzles. You have to pick up something and move it or push a pillar. So I, when I lost my save file, anybody that's played the game before will know exactly the puzzle that I'm talking about, where you have to move uh, two, there are these two different colored blocks. There are red blocks and there are yellow blocks. And each, there are three different versions of this puzzle, and each one gives you a different set of rules, and they line up the blocks in different ways. And you have to move, like, one yellow and one red to make all of the blocks into red ones. Or you'll have to move two yellows and one red and turn them all into yellows. And it's this puzzle I probably got uh, stuck on for half an hour, because I it's really hard to stream a puzzle game sometimes. And not expect oh, your yeah. chat to tell you the answer if you don't want to hear it. That's what I was going to say. So you really I got stuck on this for like chat. a half an hour. Yeah, yeah. There was one person that was like, hey, you should pay attention to this block. And I was like, why don't you shut the fuck up? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, sorry, I probably shouldn't have said anything. Like, yeah, no, no, you really shouldn't have. Thanks, though. Totally appreciate that. And so I got stuck on it for a while, and the thing that upset me the most is that I remember specifically the very first time I played the game when I was younger, back in like 95, 96, whenever it was, this same puzzle I got stuck on for an <laughs> hour or two hours or however long, because this puzzle is a ball buster. It sucks. I hated those little yellow and red blocks. The second time I remember playing through it, which was probably... Four, maybe six years ago, somewhere around there, I just blew through the puzzle. I was like, oh, this is super easy. I understand this now. I don't know why this just clicked with me so well, but it did. And now the next time I go to play it and I play it on stream, I was like, oh, yeah, this puzzle really sucks. But the last time I played through, I didn't have any trouble. And then I got stuck for half an hour, and I was like, this is this is stupid. I'm <laughs> stupid. Why can't I figure this out? Uh, there aren't too many super crazy hard puzzles like that in the game. For the most part, what you end up doing with the tools that you get, you just explore areas. So, like, you'll find a hidden passage. The game will reward you for either remembering to backtrack to a location later on with a new tool that you find, or while you're in the dungeon, you'll, like, see a cracked wall, you'll bomb it, you'll go through there, and there'll be a treasure chest with an armor upgrade for one of your characters or something like that. Like a nice, so. strong armor upgrade. <laughs> Yeah, just like Zelda. You get that all the time. Shut up. Uh, Bomb wall. Overall, 
Yeah, exactly, Robert. Anyway, overall, the game is great. The other really cool thing that the game does, I can't talk about it too much, is that the story, it's fairly anime-esque. Like, you find a character later on who's got, like, a, a move that he names after himself where he jumps into the air and crashes into the ground, and he fights off, like, 50 monsters at once and all this nonsense. Uh, but overall, the character relationships are actually written pretty maturely, especially the ending sequence. Uh, there's a love interest in the game. In the very opening sequence of the game, you go into this uh, uh, the shop and you talk to her. You apparently known each other for a long time. And she's got the hots for you, but you're super oblivious and you don't notice it at all. And then as the game goes on, she ends up not being your love interest. She doesn't even – she joins the party for a while – but then around halfway through the game, she goes back to the shop at the beginning of the game and she works there and you end up hooking up with someone else for the rest of the game. It's a shockingly maturely written story and character relationship, uh, which is probably the reason that I've always loved it. It was doing more mature writing. Yes, just like Zelda. It was doing more mature writing way before that had kind of become a thing. That's pretty with, cool. Say Final Fantasy VII, I think, is when it really caught on with a wider audience. You think that's where it hit? Final that era, Final Fantasy VII and uh, Metal Gear Solid, which we've talked about before. <laughs> is that it? Like, Rob, you don't need to start talking. About well, I, I just mean I don't want us to get into this again. I feel like those <laughs> two games kind of shaped the future of the games industry in a very big way. Okay. Cool. But before they did, there were games like Lufia 2 and Fantasy Star 4, which were doing uh, some interesting, cool writing. Sounds like a pretty good game. It's a really good game. It's a definitely a hidden gem of the Super Nintendo RPG era. Uh, when we talk about Super Nintendo RPGs, we always think of Final Fantasy 6, uh, to a lesser degree Final Fantasy 4, and then there's Chrono Trigger, and um, Super Mario RPG, and Earthbound. And then in the back, we, like, even Earthbound, except for its huge cold following, I don't think it gets to the same level as, say, Final Fantasy VI or Chrono Trigger does. Sure. Uh, and then in the further background, even behind, um, even behind Earthbound, we've got games like Lufia 2, or on a different system, on the Genesis, we have Fantasy Star 4. Nice, okay. Yeah. I might have to, uh, So, hopefully in the list. future, Hopefully in the future I'll actually be able to talk about that game some more, especially once I get around to the ending. There's not too much else to say about the game uh, overall, except for the way that the story progresses and all that. Uh, and what another year did it come out? Who made it? 95, I want to say. Yeah, I think that's right. Who made it? The what other thing, yeah, okay, it was uh, February 24th, 95. That's probably Japanese. And it wasn't until late 96 for North America. The other thing I will say about this game is that compared to its prequel, compared to Lufia 1, this game does everything better. I actually played Lufia 2 way before I'd ever touched Lufia 1. And so then I went to play back, uh, went back and tried to play Lufia 1 later on. The reason I never got to play Lufia 1 is because every time I went to my local blockbuster, the game was rented out. So I never got to grab it. Oh man, the good old days. Aww. People, no, no, nobody today will experience the, that fucking trauma. Oh, the frustration yeah. of Lucky going to rent something. Oh, man, especially, like, if it was a new movie, they'd have an entire, 
like wall, wall entire yeah. wall dedicated like eight different gone. shelves that were eight yeah. discs long and it would never be there yep all empty oh man <laughs> i remember that so yeah eventually i got around to being able to play lufia one and i was surprised that the opening of lufia one has you playing as the heroes the final heroes of lufia two in the very final sequence of the game and i was like okay that's cool and then that ends you wrap that up and then it does this uh thing it time lapses forward and then the rest of the game, it's just so not even close to the level of what Lufia 2 does. Really it's one of those games where I, I just can't go back and play the prequel after playing the sequel first. Just like Zelda. <laughs> what? I, I The original Zelda is a little difficult to play, though it's not <laughs> quite at that level. <laughs> I, I like playing that game every once in a while. No, yeah, Zelda's good. Okay, so I played. Is that is that it for is that it for you, Blake? Yeah, yeah, that's it for me. Also, I guess the other thing I want to say, the other game I was considering playing that I haven't gotten around to for this week was finishing our trifecta, finishing our holy trinity of oh, Super Mario. Super Mario. I haven't beaten it yet, by the <laughs> way. I'm very close though. I have not beaten it yet. Yeah, I still got to beat two. Yeah. <laughs> All right, nice. Who's gonna be well, first? You talked, you talked Lufia two up pretty good. I might have to write. I might have to scratch that onto the old list. You might have to get to the last boss and then quit. Yeah, I might. <laughs> if it's lucky, uh, I'll do that. I love you, Robert. You well, talk. luckily this didn't have a PlayStation re-release, so there aren't any sick loading times. <laughs> oh you have my to deal god! <laughs> so I played. You guys know what I played. I played Day of the Tentacle. Oh yeah, shocking. Yeah. yeah. Day of the Tentacle is, of course, a LucasArts point-and-click adventure game. One of the best of them. It was one of the later ones as well. Uh, it's a it's a sequel to Maniac Mansion, although you don't have to play Maniac Mansion to uh, to to get pretty much everything that's going on. I still haven't played Maniac Mansion. Kind of like uh, Zelda. Kind of. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm glad you got uh, that. <laughs> uh, so Maniac. So if if you haven't been paying attention to the podcast or games news in general, they just released a remastered version of the of Day of the Tentacle. It's it uh, plays on modern systems and the art is updated, similar to how they did uh, the Monkey I- Monkey Island one and two. I guess like five or probably more like six years ago. So. With Day of the Tentacle, as I said, it's a sequel to Maniac Mansion. You start off the game, and uh, apparently in Maniac Mansion, uh, the the scientist, Dr. Oh God, Dr. Fred, I believe his name, he creates these tentacles, and they're these sentient beings that, that are just tentacles that hop around on the ground and they can talk and stuff. Uh, Day of the Tentacle starts off with a purple tentacle and a green tentacle, and I, those are the only two at this, at this Walk time. Walk into a bar. They walk into a bar. Well, actually, they walk up to a they walk up to a, a river where waste is being pumped into it. And purple tentacle is kind of like kind of got a mean streak, and green tentacle's nice and he's cool and stuff. Purple tentacle drinks this like uh, contaminated water, and all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, I've never felt it this good before in my life. Oh, I feel like I just want to conquer the whole world." So he, he he takes it on himself. He wants to conquer the whole world, and Dr. Fred uh, finds them before they can do anything, 
and he captures both purple and green tentacle and ties them up in his basement. You are, or one of the characters you play as is Bernard, and he's friends with the tentacles, and green tentacle sends a hamster with a message to Bernard, and it says, hey, Dr. Fred's captured us, can you, can you come please let us free? You go over to Dr. Fred's mansion. This is all like the first few minutes of the game. You go, like most of this is actually in like a, the opening cutscene. He goes over to Dr. Fred's mansion. You walk around for a minute, find where the tentacles are tied up. You let them free. And then you're like, oh shit, I wasn't supposed to let the purple one free, was I? Well, there he goes. And so purple <laughs> tentacle goes on to conquer the world. He takes over the world. And what you're doing, or he, he takes over the world like years later. But what happens is, uh, so Dr. Fred comes down, you talk with him, he's going to send you back in time to like make it to where you didn't let Purple Tentacle free so he doesn't end up conquering the world years later. And you and two of your friends, Hoagie, who's his like, fat sort of like, uh, he's a really it's fat Hoagie. character. <laughs> yeah, his name's Hoagie. He's got like long hair, he likes heavy metal bands. Uh, he doesn't really care, like, care about much. Bernard is like a really nerdy, like super, like super hyper nerdy guy, pocket protector, like glasses, all that kind of stuff. And then there's a girl named Laverne who's sort of like just crazy. She's got like one eye is opened a little bit bigger than the other one all the time. Her hair is going wild all over the place. And so it's the three of you. He's sending the three of you back in time to, 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 to undo what you did. So Purple Tentacle doesn't take over the world in the future. While you're going, so he, so he's got these three separate time machines and you're each in one of them. Uh, they're called the Chrono Johns because they're, they're kind of like, uh, porta potties, but they're time machines actually. Clever. But they do have toilets in them. So when he sends you back in time, something goes wrong. Uh, Hoagie ends up 200 years in the past. You come back to the present and Laverne goes 200 years into the future. So the the goal of the game is to for you to get uh Hoagie back to the present, get Laverne back to the present, and also uh you have the the uh the diamond that powers like the whole time traveling stuff broke when all this went down. You have to find a contract that Dr. Fred has locked in a safe where some somebody owes him like millions of dollars for making a game based on him, or like I don't even remember if it's self-referential making a game based on him, or if it's like, or if it, for some reason I want to say it's like a, there was a TV show involved. I'm getting kind of confused on that. I'm I'm way off on one way. <laughs> but anyway, and if he get if, if but he locked it into safe and he forgot the combination. But if you find that contract, then he'll get two like uh, two million dollars from the rights that they owe him. You can buy a new diamond and power all these to get everybody back to the present and then worry about keeping Purple Tentacle from taking over the world. Obviously. That's the, that's the, that's the premise of the game. So throughout the game, you're playing, you switch back and forth. You can play as Bernard whenever you want. You can switch to Laverne and play as her in the future. In the future, Laverne has been captured by the tentacles. She's in the future where the tentacles run the world. Humans are their pets. And she's like in sort of like a, like sort of like a jail kind of where they have some humans. In the past, Hoagie is in, uh, you're all in the same place. It's a hotel in the present that, that Dr. Fred runs or that he owns. In the past, the same building is like George Washington's there and, uh, uh, 
John Hancock is there and Ben Franklin and like one or two other people. Uh, you can switch to, back to him. And so, again, you're trying to get everybody back to the present. And you have to find these ingredients. Uh, like Hoagie, for instance, has to find these five or six ingredients to give to another scientist back then to power his time machine. Bernard's walking around trying to just kind of like help out with all of this and trying to get the diamond. And Laverne is trying to power her uh, time machine so she can get back to the past. And it's a matter of, for her, it's just a matter of plugging it in. But you get you can't get to the place where she has to plug it in. So that's the, the whole game. The more I hear of this, the more I feel like I'm just sitting here nodding with a vacant look in my eyes. <laughs> I'm probably not doing a good, I'm not doing a good job <laughs> at giving this a quick rundown. of. Well, <laughs> it's just difficult to keep up with, like, here's 18 names, and here's this person, and they got to go here. And this one's trying to go here, and they're doing this together, and they're going, da 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 yeah. Is that what they're doing? I just I'm, not cross eyes. I'm not good at that. The, the five-second version is one guy's in the past, one girl's in the future, one guy's in the present. You're trying to get them all back to the present. How about that? Okay. <laughs> and so, from then on, it's a pretty standard point-and-click adventure game. Uh, you know, I guess the one unique mechanic of it is how you have different people in different time periods. Sometimes you might do, you might need to do something in one time period that affects things in a, in a later time period. And that like helps you solve a puzzle for instance. Um, and then you can also, uh, give, you can also trade items back and forth with you, with each other by flushing them down the toilet. So if you flush them down the, uh, the time machine toilet, you like anybody else can go up to their time machine and get that item out of the toilet. So that's how you, that's, that's, that's a crucial part of the game. That's how you get items back and forth with, with each other. If you have a guy in the, you know, present that needs to give something to guy to the, to the past, you flush it down the toilet and he gives it quick note for anybody who, uh, for anybody who plays the game after listening to this, something that I didn't remember until about halfway through my playthrough is you can, if you go to your inventory and, uh, pick an item, you can just drag it over to the person's to, to another character's portrait and click on it and it'll automatically put it in their inventory. It saves you the hassle of having to walk all the way back to the time machine Flush it down the toilet, switch to the other person, walk them back to the time machine, and do the same. Jesus. Yeah, it's a, it's. I didn't like I said, I didn't realize that until halfway through. That that gets really tedious doing that. But then when you realize you can just click it on their portrait, that's a really nice touch. The game is really funny. Obviously, as you can tell, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, I feel like uh, like as far as the difficulty of the puzzles and the way the puzzle, I feel like the puzzles are designed really well. This is this is. One of the games where they really got the puzzles to where they're not insanely difficult. There were a few pretty tough ones, but for the most part, it's like if you play around enough, you'll you'll eventually start to figure stuff out. They do a good, really good job of giving you clues, also like here and there, like people will say things or like there will be a little item here that will kind of like clue you in as to okay, I need to do something with this or this is going to come into play later. There's one like really kind of almost ingenious clue that they give you. Uh, I won't, sp- I won't spoil what it is, but, it's, but there is a, an, there's one like object that you don't actually ever use. It's a, in the uh, laundry room of the hotel, there's a dryer and a washing machine and the washing machine is broken. You can't use it for anything. You can't get any parts from it. You can't use it in any way, but if you look, but it's clearly broken when you look at it. And if you tell, you know, your guy to look at it, be like, Oh, that's broken. Uh, and that actually is crucial to learning to, to to figuring out one thing that you have to do later in the game, just knowing that that is broken. 
Uh, they do like they so they do a really good job of giving you clues here and there. Uh, the, also, sometimes there's like a an object that you need to get to another person, but it's like too big to flush down the toilet, or like uh, there's a hamster, for instance, that you have to get to one character, but he's like, no, I can't flush down that down the toilet because the it'll kill the hamster, and so you have to do like kind of creative things to get those uh, handful of objects that are like that to get them to other characters. Uh, the balance of the puzzle, th- th- so one or two of them are, are a little bit random, uh, and but but even the ones that are random, it's kind of like you'll have an uh, an item and you'll have this this object somewhere in the world. It's like it seems like maybe I'm supposed to use these two things together. I have no idea why what this is gonna do, but it makes sense that I would need to use this with this. And then when you do it, it'll you'll kind of see like what the logic was. It's like all right. That was kind of a stretch, but like at least it was easy enough to figure out. Like you wouldn't have necessarily thought like, oh yeah, this is gonna make this happen. But they make it clear enough to where you can tell that you're supposed to use this thing on this object in the environment. As for the remaster of the game, so just like like I said, just like uh, they did Monkey Island one and two about six years back, they have a remastered version of this where you can play either with the original graphics or with the remastered graphics. Uh, they also have commentary that you can play with. I haven't listened to the commentary yet because I just, you know, wanted to listen to the game. But the uh, the art is a little so the remastered version of the art is a little bit different uh, compared to how they remastered the art for Monkey Island. So Monkey Island was a very pixel, like very much a pixel art game because it because it came out years before, you know, a few years before Day of the Tentacle did. So the remaster of that is like completely basically completely different from the way the original looks uh with day of the tentacle it's a lot closer to how the original looked because graphics had advanced quite a bit in between these two games the original day of the tentacle it's a real car a very very cartoony art style uh but it's just not very high definition because you didn't have high definition back then with the remastered version of the of Day of the Tentacle, they basically redrew everything exactly how it was, just with like smooth edges, pretty much. Uh, they did actually redraw, like hand redraw everything, but it looks exactly like every like even every little detail in the environment. You can switch back and forth on the fly just by like pressing F1 or F4 or something like that, and like every detail is exactly the same, except it just looks except it's like super clean. A really nice looking. Basically, the way the game looks now is like kind of if you haven't played the game in a while, if you think back to the way you remember it looking, it's pretty, it's kind of like how you remember the game looking. Then when you go back and look at the original way, you're like, oh wow, this is a lot more blocky than, than I remembered. But they they cleaned it up just and made it uh, like just really smooth and high def. So it looks fantastic, but it's not like a total like re recreation of all of the art like like they did with Monkey Island. Uh, I guess to illustrate that with Monkey Island, for instance, I played with the original graphics just because that was kind of the game I remembered. And I really love the way those, those graphics look even, you know, even today with day of the tentacle, I played 99% of the game with the, uh, remastered graphics just because it's the exact same thing. Just a lot cleaner. Uh, they also, the, the sound, they used all the original sound from the game, but it's like really, you can tell if you switch back and forth, like some of their original sound is really highly compressed, whereas they had more, you know, memory to, 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 to keep like, you know, the, the full original recordings for the remastered version, things like that. 
so, awesome game. I would say this is definitely one of the best point-and-click games that LucasArts ever made. I think it's a really good jumping-on game. If you're kind of like, if you haven't played a game like this and you want to check it out, I would say this game and the original Monkey Island and uh, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, these 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 are like three really good stepping-on points to kind of like jump in and see, you know, what, what, what these games were like. And that's all I got. I didn't go on... It's no, that's not bad. It sounds like this this uh, game you're talking about has a lot of the or is missing a lot of the frustrating elements of point and click adventures. Uh, Lisa bought a point and click adventure on Steam this week, and she had to look up a guide like four or five times. There was multiple times where she was in a room where she would just spam clicking trying to figure out what the fuck she was <laughs> supposed to do in this one room, and it's just so funny like that that is such a common thing with point and click adventures. Yeah, it's you know that's that's kind of the nature of them in some ways, but some do a better job of like making the puzzles actually make you know some sort of logical sense, even if it's a weird kind of logic, you know, making them not just be like total random shit. Mm-hmm. Like I said, with Day of the Tentacle, there were one or two that were a little bit random, but but even those, they they kind of give you enough they 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 give you enough clues to to at least point you in the right direction. Uh, there's, it's much better, like Monkey Island 2, even though I love that game, there's a lot of random shit in that game that's really tough to figure out. This one is like really good at not being way too difficult. There are, there are a few pretty challenging parts, uh, but not too many. And like just the art style overall looks so good that, you know, I don't really mind kind of wandering around a little while. And the humor of the game is is really great. It's It's got like the classic, you know, LucasArts humor. Really funny game. Uh, so even, so, so that helps a lot. So when, even when you are stuck, like at least the game is like kind of keeping you entertained, you know, while you're trying to figure out what, what you need to be doing. When this yeah, game, I remember a- when this game, when this game came out, it was a pretty, it was, it was pretty hyped up. And this is like one of the few games that I remember that like had a lot of, or a fair amount of hype leading up to it. And it actually really lived up to the hype. I didn't that know there's hype that built up to these t- that, that type of game. That's interesting. Yeah, for for point and click adventure fans, it was like, oh wow, this game's going to be awesome. Uh, what was it, it about really it that was. people were looking forward to? Just, uh, just like it was kind of like basically everything it did. It was it took everything that LucasArts point and click games were, were known for, the good yeah. ones at least, and it just executed everything really, really well. Kind of like I mean, I guess my answer is kind of like the, what you said about World of Warcraft. It didn't do a whole lot that was new. It right. did everything really, really well. Okay, that makes sense. I can see that. Yeah. Like, a uh, counterexample is The Dig. That was another LucasArts point-and-click adventure game that had a lot of hype leading up to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that game, like, w- that was not a good game. <laughs> it was like like uh, Steven Spielberg had, had a hand in it in some way. I don't remember exactly what he did, but, like, the story was supposed to be amazing. And then, like, once you get about 30 minutes into the game, you're like, what am I even doing with my life? Jesus. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't, I don't really like The Dig. I played it, I, I replayed The Dig a few years ago, like about five or six years ago, and it was uh-huh. the same thing. I was like, like, even with a guide, I was like, damn, this game, holy shit. Really? It's that bad? Yeah, it's pretty bad. Jesus. It's all, like, the problem with The Dig is it's all, it's so abstract. Like, I won't go, mm-hmm. I won't talk about it too long because I've gone on long enough, but, like, the premise is you're on a long story short, you end up on an alien planet somewhere and you're trying to get off. Okay. 
Yep. The whole time you're finding random crystals and rocks and using crystals on holes in the ground and like alien control systems and pushing them in certain ways and using green crystal or a blue crystal or red crystal or switching around this rod and sticking this thing in this hole. It's Ew. like, <laughs> said it on me? too lewd. We're going to have to edit that out. Yeah. I was going to say, oh, I thought we've made a rule it's, about that, Robert. None of what you're doing is interesting at all. You're just sticking random things in random places and hoping. Oh man. This or that. I know. I'm going back to high school right now. Just <laughs> describe marriage. Oh, I know, I did it. Uh, I'll be here all week because no one else wants me. <laughs> I'm all, I'm all, I'm all about those jokes. You should hear. I get yelled at on a daily basis for making jokes like that. Really? Oh my god, dude. Lisa, that, Lisa dude. joins in, dude. She, she huh? usually one ups me. Oh yeah. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. The best is when like I make a really dumbass joke and my wife like is. Like she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? But then she ends up laughing at it, and when she tries not, to, she, <laughs> she laughs anyways. That's the best one. My daughter yells at me too for making dumb jokes. Really? Yep. It's gotten to, it's gotten to that point. Oh, so what Robert, else do you want to know about? What else do you want to know about Day of the Tentacle? You want me to keep talking about it? No, I'll pass. Thank you though. Okay. I, I, it sounds cool. It's just not my style of game. Yeah, just yeah. Just like yeah. MMOs are not your style of game, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sure. If you're interested in trying out a point-and-click adventure game, I think, like I said, there are about there are three games that I would kind of suggest as a good jumping-on points. This is this is one of them. This is this is one of the best that they that they did. And the remaster, playing it again years after, you know, I haven't played this game since I since it originally came out, like uh, mid '90s, mm-hmm. and it's basically every single it's, it's just as good as I remember it. It and it like just has it has the, the exact same feel and everything that I. That I remember from it as well. I think the game took me about 12 hours to beat. And I didn't remember too much from the original. So I'd say maybe 15, 16, 17, 18 hours. Okay. Probably for a first time. My apologies. There you go. Awesome game. What you guys want to talk about now? Uh. I don't know. Politics? You guys want to talk about politics? We don't talk about politics. We don't talk about politics. Yeah, what do you want to say? Uh, please no. I was just kidding. Please don't. I was just oh, kidding. You're all going to vote for Hell. I want to know. I'm voting for, um, what's his name? Underwood. Frank Underwood. That's who I'm voting for. I tell you guys about this. I, I say it to people at work because people in my work for whatever reason like to discuss politics. And for, if you don't know who Frank Underwood is, it's from uh, House of Cards. It's a really popular Netflix show. And some girl in my work was like adamant about asking people about it. And I was like, oh, I'm voting for Frank Underwood. And she's like, oh, is he a – I don't think I've heard of him. And I was like, oh, you know, he's a, he's a really, you know, really popular Democratic candidate. You know, he has, he has a pretty strong history. And she's like, oh, yeah, I think I did hear about him. I'm like, yeah. Okay. I think I did hear about it. Honestly, that sounds like something I would say. Like, especially if I'm talking to somebody about, like, sports or something. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sports. Yeah, sports is one thing, right? Yes, that's that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see the Frank Underwood game last night? God, they really. Oh, yeah, that was crazy, dude. (laughs) I I always say that when I go to Lisa's family's house because her dad's really into basketball and her her brother's really into, like, professional skating. And I'm always like, so how about that local sports team, huh? (laughs) Because I don't watch sports at all. They always get a kick out of it. I'm like, yeah, I'll fucking know. (laughs) <laughs> I know enough about sports to like hold a conversation with people at work where it's important. That's about it. The best is when they're like, "Oh, you know about like." <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We watch football. Everybody watches football. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my god. Yeah. So. All right. Top threes. What we do? Top three favorite things about Day of the Tentacle. Is that what it was this time? 
Top yeah, three so. things to vote for or Frank Underwood for. <laughs> 2016, boys. 2016. <laughs> All right. So we got top three favorite or top three gaming worlds that we would like to live in. There's an, there's an obvious answer here. Come on, boys. I'm going to throw this out. My list, I, my list didn't turn out to be as interesting as I had expected. I like, I have so many stipulations and worries about so many of the answers. Like in most of these worlds, I'm not going to be a hero. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, like, I don't have Final Fantasy Tactics on my list. I took it off. If I were in that world, I'd be some peasant that gets pushed down into the mud. Yep. Or you'd, you would die in the first fucking opening scene. You'd be one of the guards. Yeah. <laughs> you'd just get fucking your throat slit right at the beginning, 100%. Oh! <laughs> oh! Okay, you guys are ruining it for me. Please don't ever do that again. You Robert sounded like a duck, and Blake, I don't even know what you sounded like. <laughs> uh, okay. Note to self, so, Robert sounds like a duck when he dies. Probably, <laughs> it's Roberto. I probably am going to. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, so, I, I guess we want to just jump into this? Yeah, it's fine by me. Yeah, um, alright. Alright, so number I three... Guess, um, since we're not, alright, since we're not going to do the uh, ones that are gimmies, which is good, because I think one of them is probably on my list, unfortunately. This is, was such a difficult thing to figure out. But uh, I've got two honorable mentions then. Uh, I've got the okay. Earthbound series because that's a really? pretty okay. happy place overall. When Gygus isn't around, it's a pretty happy place. That's true. That's okay. That's good. That's because I thought about that when I was like, oh no, I don't know if I want to deal with that. But that's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good one. And I mean, uh, God, the end. Of, not Mother Three, but specifically Earthbound. Things get so messed up in Mother Three. I wouldn't want to live there. They're just nothing but a bunch of farmhands. Or they go up to the big city where everybody's a total dickhead. So I don't want that. I'd like the world of Earthbound, though. That's a pretty cool place where phones are still okay. Uh, and then awesome. My next That's one, and actually the reason I didn't put it on there, is because living there would basically be like asking yourself, okay, what world will you want to live in? Uh, would be Secret of Evermore. Oh, come on! Piece of shit. <laughs> you didn't have to say anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I know. <laughs> and, I, that is, I love that one. Like I was thinking about that, and I'm like, dude, I would, I would kill to live in that fucking world. That world's hilarious. Like, it's just ridiculous on every way. I was putting it on my list. I was like, I mean, does it really count? Because if you live there, living there is just asking yourself the question of where do you want to live? What kind of a world do you want to live in? All over again. And I was like, right. well, it's right. kind of cheap. I got, no, I got to find another one, Blake. Thanks. It's pretty great. Well, you know what? Piss off. Whoa. <laughs> All right, so since Jay has to find one, I guess you or me starting, Robert. Uh, I'll go. I'll go first on this one. Oh, oh. On the last one. Uh, ting tang, walla walla bing bang. My number three. I'm gonna go. So my, I guess my honorable mention. So first of all, I think we kind of agreed that we can't say Star Wars because that would have been my number one for sure. Yeah, but no really, shit. That's kind of a. One. That's kind of a. I was gonna say Harry Potter, but you know we we all know how you feel about that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, I guess so. My uh, my other honorable mention would have been, I guess maybe Monkey Island. Mm. Really? Would you want to live overall? That isn't that good? Yeah, yeah that's what. I, yeah, Monkey Island isn't isn't a very treacherous world. Obviously, there's bad guys yeah. there, but there's also lots of pirates, and you get to go on adventures and stuff. Like most of the pirates there, like are are, are like basically fake pirates that just say they're pirates and they sit around and drink beer all day. Yeah. So like. That's pretty cool. 
I guess from real number three, I'm going to go with Wing Commander. Because you get to fly spaceships, fight aliens, and that's basically all you do. Or at least I've only played Wing Commander 1. That's all you do in Wing Commander 1. <laughs> you get to meet if, – and if you live long enough, then you get to meet Mark Hamill. You also get to see yourself become the villain. You what? Spoilers, dude. Come on. So guys. you get to see yourself become the villain. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. All right, Blake. What's your number three? Uh, my number three, and I like this is a tough list to put any of them in any spot, but I think my number three would have to be City of Heroes. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. I haven't heard that one in a long time. Holy Probably shit. my either. favorite MMO of all time. Did you play uh, it? Reason, it was really good. Yeah, I played it as well. It was, was it good? Crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was really good. It was really unique for its huh. time, too. Yeah, it was one of the first MMOs that really tried to pull away from the Trinity of yeah. tank DPS healer. It was very, oh, really? you just log on, do whatever you want to, nobody gives a fuck. Like, yeah. it, it was fun. It was fun. It started out a little rough, but after around like issue six, I think the game kind of had its shit together, and they were making the game very fun. Cool. I came back around like issue 10 or 11 or 12 or something and played it with my girlfriend for a long time. Yeah, that was the first game that I... Oh, yeah. I was pretty proud of that. I'm surprised you'd say Battletoads, man. Oh, shut up. But the cool thing about this is, uh, to contrast it to what I said about tactics, in tactics, chances are you're going to be some peasant that doesn't even get a sword, and you get pushed down in the mud and run over by a wagon. Probably die, yep. Yeah. But in City of Heroes... Just about everybody can be a hero in that world. <clears throat> People get superpowers from all over the place. You, get, uh, you can have a bunch of money, or you can just be a real badass. There's all sorts of great things that you can do in that universe, and it's a lot of fun. Who doesn't want to be a superhero? Right? That's a pretty good one. Have you all seen Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog? Oh, shit. Exactly. You don't like it? No. Holy shit. What's wrong with I don't that? like you. <laughs> You don't like music? Musicals. musicals. I don't I like musicals either, but I like that one. <laughs> anyway. A, all right. Is my penis. <laughs> I was just hey. about to say that. <laughs> What's your number three? Uh, my that. number three is... I was going to put this on my list before, but I'm checking the date. I guess it it wouldn't matter. I think it's the uh, Elder Scroll world. Uh, what's it called? Nirn? Or Nirn? Um, I don't know exactly which one. I thought about that too. Morrowind was definitely early 2000s, so it yeah. Was from and I think Oblivion was like 2002 as well, so I think it still falls in. So. Uh, uh, two or three, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just such a cool world. I mean, that I would. Uh, that's another one where I'd probably end up just dying in the first 15 seconds of designing <laughs> my character. If it was that's real. the thing. That's another one where I'm like, I don't. I mean, you just die there. You just go there yeah. and you just. Die or be some. Oh, uh, no, it's two, I believe it was 2006. In a, in a so, was it really that late? Wow. Yeah. It's uh, March 20th. So I guess it is 10 years still. It was 2016. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway. Robert? Oh, it's back to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm going to go. Alright, so. So I'm a huge nerd. Yeah, no shit. But I'm going to go with this anyway, because I think it'll be really cool. Or maybe uh-huh. not cool. I think it'll be fun. Kingdom. I'm going to say Kingdom Hearts. Dude, uh-huh. I was reading uh-huh. I was reading forum threads, and somebody said that, and I, in my head I'm like, that guy is such a fuckboy. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what I thought, man. I'm like, that is the biggest fuckboy answer I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, and then you I mean, say it. Oh, my God. 
I mean, it is. It's true. I can't even argue with you. But I'm a huge like I'm a I I love like I'm a huge nerd that loves Disney stuff, and so I think that'd be cool. Like go you know just like check it check in on Winnie the Pooh, see how he's doing, hang out with him. Oh my god! For a while. Stop. Please you know? stop. Ah, oh, be goofy. Life. Try to be try to be goofy, obviously. Or we apologize in advance for Robert's answer. I'm sorry. I know. I don't think you are. I am actually. I'm genuinely sorry. I'm just messing with you. I'm just giving you shit, Robert. You better be sorry. <laughs> yeah. As I, long as I, I don't just... have to play the game Kingdom Hearts. Dude, what if you what if you could play as Goofy though instead of Sora? <laughs> you could play as Goofy. Goofy is one of your guys. No, you don't actually play as him, though. Oh, no, but... You don't control him at all, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I actually... You know what? Speaking of Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts just came out with a mobile game called Kingdom Hearts Unchained X. Oh, really? And a bunch of the people that I follow on Twitter were getting into it. They they downloaded it. They joined the Unicorn Group or something (laughs) like that. And I was like, oh, God, you know what? I'm... Final Fantasy Record Keeper has me into mobile games right now. Maybe, maybe I'll try this out. And I had the game, I had the <laughs> uh, the uh, store uh, location open for it. I went to the app page for it, and <laughs> I scrolled down. Read the comments. And, and I saw the pictures of the game, and I saw <laughs> Mickey in one of the pictures, and I was like, no, I'm not doing this. Fuck it, I'm out. And I closed the hell out, and I got out of there, and I ran as fast as I could away. <laughs> That's funny. That's pretty good. What's it called? It's called Kingdom Hearts X. Unchained. Yeah, or Unchained. X. I saw a picture. The, the, the box art is just ridiculous. Like, I saw it, I'm like, no. <laughs> Never. <laughs> like, what? Is that a real question? Why, why would I do that? No, fuck off. Mm, well, okay. I'm going to have to check this out. I don't like my list, dude. Holy crap. I have really good number this one. This is such a hard list to do with the situation of if you're not the hero, and that's what I did it with. Yeah, same here. Yeah, same here. Yeah, the art on this game looks kind of. I don't really, I don't really like it. Looks kind of. <laughs> I, I don't like it. So I'm trying to come. There's got to be something better. I love how you like basically had your finger hovering over the button, and you're like, I was on no. the store page, and I was like, No, don't do it. Run away. You're gonna hate this, or you're gonna get attached, and you're gonna hate that you're attached. And hate it even more. Robert, is Tetris your number one answer, by the way? <laughs> yeah, Tetris, Tetris World. Yeah, basically, you live in Russia. You live in Russia is what it is. <laughs> God, no, not this. All right, it, my number two. This is one of the gimme answers that I was thinking oh, of. okay. On most people's lists. Night Trap. How Super Mario Brothers. You're just saying that because I ruined Jay's, aren't you, Robert? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's Pokemon. Dude, oh my god, Blake, I hope you die in a fire. Holy <laughs> shit, dude. I'm done with this. I'm done with this list. <laughs> oh my god, I'm done. If you shut mouth, you would have ruined anything. Alright, yeah, Jay and I are coming from pretty much the same place for this one. It, That's it, my it, number one. Anybody can go out and catch some Pokemon and get some... Even if you're Pokemon. not a hero, right? Right? Yeah. It just Everyone's regular Joe can go out with a Pokeball and catch a Pidgeot or something and bring that home and have a little pet bird or whatever. Exactly. Because you don't know how to chop down a bush on your own. you got to get a little monster to do it for you. That's true. That is a definite true. drawback to that universe. Slavery is real, guys. Don't hate on it. <sighs> Great. I'm done. I'm done with this list. Blake's already just ruined it for me. I'm done talking. So, Jay, what's your number two? No, I'm done talking. You already said my number three. You already said my number one. I got nothing left. I'm done. <laughs> 
I said one answer in this list. I didn't say that much about it. I'll let you talk more about it when it comes over to you. What's your number two? No. Final <laughs> Fantasy. Did the original Final Fantasy get, get shit on the first 15 no, oh well. seconds? <laughs> Have you ever played I, the original Final Fantasy, Robert? Final Fantasy. I uh, played it a little bit, yeah. It's very punishing. It is yeah. unbelievable. The only Final Fantasy game that I can think of that would be kind of cool to live in uh, I mean, nine would be okay. It wouldn't be great or anything. Twelve, I think, could actually be pretty cool. How about yeah? Because there's other things going on. Yeah, there's it's other not... things going on outside of it. Biggest problem of most Final Fantasy worlds would be living in a place where it's like someone is actively trying to destroy everything. Final Fantasy seven, Sephiroth's trying to destroy the planet. Yeah. Final Fantasy six, Kefka does destroy the planet basically. Uh, Final Fantasy V, some guy's opening up big black holes all over the place that's sucking in parts of the continents. No <laughs> thanks. Uh, Final Fantasy XII, there's a guy being a dick and there's a war going on. That's about it. It's not that bad. Yeah, most of them are just focused on like one line, like one, yeah. one, one final thing, or one focus thing. What about thing. Final Fantasy XI, though? I don't actually know most of the story of that yeah, game, I don't to be know honest. The lore. There's some bad shit, but... but I don't think it's too crazy out there. So right, I, I can't find anything else. I'm, I'm Blake. I'm gonna kill you. Um, <laughs> number two. I can't think of anything else. So I'm just, I'm just gonna go with since it's been the uh, the uh, what do you call it ongoing thing of this episode. I'll just say wow because I mean when I was younger I was like yeah do you know how cool to live in the wow. I figured that would be somewhere on your list. It, I, I didn't I want to have it on my list too. at all actually. I mean Pokemon was my was my hundred percent. I would actually do that. I guess what you know wow works decently in the. A lot of people can become somebody of importance, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Or nothing and die in the first 15 seconds. Yeah, but it's also got that thing going on where there's a lot of bad shit going on all the time in that world. There's like and monsters all over the fucking strife place. and struggle. I'm trying to find, I'm trying to link you guys an image here. Hold on. Okay. You need help? You copy? So copy is Control C. <laughs> Wait. Say that again, Robert. Part. No, hold Control on. Control C for copy. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Control yeah. V. For that would change. be me. You got it. You got it. You did it. <laughs> that would be me. In every MMO. <laughs> Dying alone. Why did you find this picture? That's pretty good. Oh, you never seen this before? There's another one where the guy, the guy's like, it, it, this, this is the, um, well, this, this one has Kanye on it, but normally it just has a picture of a normal guy, but this one has Kanye on it. Is this a real book cover? Oh, I don't know. A picture I just love these pictures because they're hilarious. That is literally level one MMO character right there. In the water, and he's got a weasel, and he's just smacking other weasels. Or is it an otter? There you go. Oh, maybe. Oh, well, maybe it is. There you go. There's the original one, Robert. Look what he's just like. That that is that is the extent of level one MMOs. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, do you see where he's pinching, dude? How much would that fucking hurt on his right arm? <laughs> That's like that spot where if somebody pinches you, you want to kill them. Oh, I get yeah. What the fuck is this stuff based on? All right, so for anybody wondering, go do a Google image search. Oh, Robert's gonna tweet it because he needs the man fighting crabs, and just go through the image results and look at this. Some of this stuff, like this one right here. Make this sure guy is getting attacked by on. turtles. I like turtles. Make sure, make sure you keep safe search on when you when you type man fighting crabs. Oh yeah, that's true. You can get a lot of trouble doing that otherwise. The guy in the first one looks kind of like David Bowie. Dude, speaking of David Bowie. That poor woman. It all just goes oh. around. Actually, when you type man fighting crabs, you do get that picture. Yeah, that's why I said it. I just Googled level 1 RPG character, and that's what came up. 
<laughs> oh man, that is. I didn't know that was like a series <sighs> of. Dude, look! I found one. It's got the crab and otter combined, but it's an actual real fucking photograph. Look at this. Seriously, dude, otter's not doing shit. Crabs are such a dick. Yeah, he's like he's fucking sending my eye out. I don't give a fuck. That's not okay, Mister Crab. Mister Crabs, what? Mister Crab, we're not doing this. Oh my god, no. Anyway, can you do it now, Mister Crabs? Robert, you're number one, I guess. All right, Jake, you were in the Warcraft universe. What class would you personally be? Probably Hunter, because you're at the safest. It's kind of the safest answer, I think. Right. Or you just be a rogue and just stay in stealth all day. Nobody will fuck with you. Dude, where are you going to die the least? Like, if you're a warrior, you're like, I'm going in, boys. Oh, sorry, I, was a- I wasn't paying attention, and you're dead. <laughs> that just sounds awful. Oh, my God. All right, Robert, you're number one. <laughs> what would you do? Would you, you would you want to be a fucking warrior and just charge in and get shit on? No, because I wouldn't get shit on. I'd be too much of a badass. You say that. But then... <laughs> My number one is Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball. Oh <laughs> Wait, would the tits move like they did in the game, like off-center from the body, or would they move Every, know, no, realistically? Everything's exactly, everything's exactly the same. <laughs> Boobs move separate from the body. It's so great. <laughs> so rich. This came out in 2003, too, so I can't even ye- yell at you about that. <laughs> Plus, like, I, actually, I gotta I, find a reason to hate on him for you know, it. I actually thought about that earlier. I was like, wait, did this come out? When this? Okay, I remember I was in college. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> what you got, Blake? Uh, my number one. We've got all these happy universes and stuff. Uh, mine would have to be Super Mario RPG. Uh, that's good. Oh, that's, I, that's I thought about like that as well. Happiest world in all of video games. I Even the villains are nice. In general. The villains are vaudeville. They're goofballs. The only bad thing that's ever happened there is Bowser's sometimes a dick to Princess Peach, but Mario saves her anyway, so I don't have to worry about that. And then a sword crashes down, but Mario saves the day again, and after he saves the day, everybody's wishes come true forever. How awesome is that? Yeah, how about that? Who would you be, Blake? I'd just be Joe Schmo. I wouldn't even care. No, you'd be Toadstool. Let's be honest here. You'd be fucking Toadstool. (laughs) (laughs) You just do that to everybody when they trip and fall. You (laughs) just fucking laugh at them. I hate how how in that game they use Toadstool to refer to uh, the princess. That confused me so bad for like the first few minutes. Yeah. There's a few games where they do that. I think that was kind of a transitional period where they hadn't figured out what they wanted to call her yet. She rode the line between Peach and Toadstool all the time, and it really sucked. That's a good one. So, Jay, what's your number one? Blake, why don't you go fucking kill yourself? (laughs) So, this was a dream that everybody had when I was a kid. Pokemon was the biggest... Ooh, good answer. Good oh, answer. I know. Isn't that a great answer? But, but no, I mean, when I was a kid, man, I would I would still kill for this today. I'm 27 and I'd kill for Pokemon to be real. <laughs> Not a single question. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, so, oh, okay. I think that's... Did any of you guys, when you all were little, did you ever try to pick up something using the Force? Uh, oh, you kidding? I don't I think so. <laughs> okay. 
I used to do that. Sorry. I don't try it now, but every once in a while, like when I'm walking into a store with automatic doors, I'll do a little hand wave. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. I'm all on board that oh. train, yeah. I just found out my new favorite thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> You've never done that before? Jesus no, Christ I've never Trump. done that. Never you have not lived life until you pretend that you were force opening the doors at the local grocery store. That's pretty awesome. Get out there right you know. now. Podcast over. I'll let you know how it goes. I'll keep you guys posted <laughs> in the next episode. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, yeah, all the time. And then I'd, like, try to grab my TV remote with the force or a pencil or a pen. And I was like, nope, still didn't move. It's been 10 years of <laughs> me trying this shit, and it hasn't worked once. Yeah. It, it never does. Never has. That's awesome. Good Maybe list. someday. <laughs> Let me see if uh, we got... I threw out a tweet to see if anybody, uh, just like a few hours ago, see if anybody wanted to throw in their top threes. I don't think we got any four beforehand. Let's see. Jeffrey Walker. Oh, Jeffrey Walker says, is it bad that the first... <laughs> what? <laughs> Jeffrey Walker. Is it bad that the first place my mind went was Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball? <laughs> oh, my God, dude. <laughs> I actually tried to think. I sat here and I thought, what would be like a really sexual game to live in that would work and it was like no none of them are any good uh what's uh, what's the old point and click adventure game which one uh where it's about a guy that's trying to get laid he's like the 40 year old version oh, leisure suit larry yes leisure suit larry there we go that's a pretty over the top universe but that and it still feels fairly grounded still except for yeah there you go nothing larry. like and like nothing terrible happens yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, here, actually, here's another one we got. This is from at PewDiePew1 on Twitter. Uh, number, alright, so he's got, he's got all three. Number one, or here, I'll go backwards, I'll go backwards. Number three, uh, Super Mario World, he says, just because I want to ride a dinosaur. That's pretty good. I, I can Fair. follow that logic. Number two, Rogue Squadron to fly an X-Wing. That is the most frustrating thing in the world. Why would you put yourself through that? <laughs> yeah, Rogue Squadron was a little frustrating, but, He's got a point. He gets to fly next week. Oh, and number man. one, GTA Vice City. <laughs> Actually surprised none of us had any GTA answers on our list. Man, I don't know about that. Like, I, the thing for me is like uh, GTA uh, Five would probably be at the top of that list. As Vice City is probably my favorite game, but overall the world in Vice or yeah, the world in Vice City. It's that '80s action, coked up. That's Don't what he wrote, he wrote kind of movie. in parentheses, in parentheses, he put 80s Miami. <laughs> mark. See what I mean? Uh, but yeah, I'd say five out of all of the GTAs would be the one to live in because it's the most down to earth and toned down. The rest of them, they're just psychopaths with guns walking down the sidewalk at all times. There's someone that is going yeah. to a car. He hasn't slept in probably 70 hours and he's just going to run you over. He's just going that's to all come there is about it. kill you. Yeah. That's kind of, I think, why I veered away from that one. That's one of my answers. Then again, being such a homebody, if I never leave the house, it's not like that guy can come into my house anyway. The door doesn't even open for him. So I'd probably be all right. But there's still a lot of assholes in those worlds. So I think yeah, that's absolutely. Uh, good list. Yeah. Let's 
Let's yes. check out our emails. We got one. Got one email. Uh oh, this is from Chase. He says Hello, Robert, Jay, and Blake. Chase slash Charlie the Night Cleaner here. Night and decay, of course. Uh, <laughs> thanks again for going through my last email. It's always a blast to have you bastardize my name <laughs> while, also, <laughs> while also taking the time to respectfully and thoughtfully answer my questions about you and your show. Special thanks to Blake. Let's give Blake a round of applause. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who continued to call me Chase even as Jay and Rob had their fun. Mad props, dude. <laughs> I also wanted to let you know that I think I found your most awkward episode. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh. I think I found your most awkward episode while burning through your backlogs. Oh, no. Episode 35 takes the cake, <laughs> mostly because of your top three choice of that podcast, Hottest Female Character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Robert first uh. takes the time. <laughs> Robert first takes the time to remind the audience that you got. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Chase, you killed him. You've killed Robert. Thank you. <laughs> Robert first takes the time to remind the audience that you guys aren't sexist because you had lists of video games. <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> my eyes hard when he did that. I was like, do, do you really have to point that out? Like. That you had lists of hot video game guys on another episode. He then moves moves on and quickly establishes that he really likes the idea of a proper lady ninja. (laughs) But also that he gets that he gets excited by the idea of Tifa, the girl next door. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh my god, dude. Uh, this is uh, this is what we have to put up with, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't even remember who the proper Lady Ninja is. I uh, would say it's someone from Soul Calibur, maybe. Like Taki. That sounds right. I don't. I don't even know who that is. Okay, then probably not her. Uh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> probably not. Maybe somebody from like. Probably somebody I bet from, like, Dead or Alive or something like that. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Given uh, your number one for today's top list. <laughs> Jay and Blake, you both do a great job of being distressed by Robert. <laughs> <laughs> and, and anxious to get through the top three to avoid any more incriminating talk. <laughs> so true. I la- so I laughed true. a lot. I laughed a lot through that episode. Uh, oh man, times. So Rob, after listen after listening to you read through my last email, I really want to let you know that I don't hate that you bought a complete in box Earthbound. I think it is awesome. That item is hands down one of the coolest centerpiece items for any SNES collector. And uh, and what I respect even more is that you won't just let it sit around; you will actually play it. Sorry if it seemed like I was giving you shit for enjoying collecting. I completely respect what you are doing, and it is also great to know another... Don't worry, Chase. Give Robert as much shit as you need. Yep, please. <laughs> yeah, it's fine if you want to. But no, I didn't think you were giving me shit, but I, I, I got what you were saying. I completely respect that you are doing it. It's great to know that another Earthbound has found a good home. It's just sad that it probably cost you a considerable amount, 
which is which was what I was really trying to get at. How crazy the collector's market is getting. Yeah, it was it was a little bit crazy. Next up, I had a few questions for the crew today. If you don't mind too much, you guys mind too much? I don't know. Yeah, but whatever. Don't worry about it. All right. First off, for the strategy RPG fans, that's that's oh. me. That's me and Blake. Uh, did did any of you play Gladius, a LucasArts turn-based arena game? No, but the name sounds familiar for some reason. Maybe yeah, someone it does. It up recently. I don't know. That's weird. Uh, I'm gonna look into this real quick. I know the name. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is a GameCube game. Hmm. And it, oh, this is the game. I remember this game. It's the one where the cover. Looks exactly like the cover to uh, the Gladiator, Gladiator the movie. You remember this? There, there's the. Uh, well, that's not the picture. That's the Wikipedia page. But okay, I remember seeing that. Yeah, the Xbox version. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Xbox, and it was also on GameCube and PS. Yeah. I saw it, but I never played it. Yeah, I never did either. I don't even think uh, I knew that was a strategy RPG. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, let me pull up. Where's my email go? Here we go. Okay, so nobody played that. It was released in 2003 on all of the major consoles, Xbox, PS2, GameCube. It was a pretty slick grid-based arena fighter where you build up your team and had lots of customization for each character in their abilities. You got to buy equipment on top of assigning abilities and also got to recruit characters as you played through the game until you had a prissy until you had a pretty impressive prissy warriors. Jesus <laughs> Christ, Robert. <laughs> got a prissy team there little boy oh my god robert what did you do never got it never got a sequel and i've never seen it re-released which is a shame because it was a very solid game with mechanics that people of the turn-based strat variety might like thought i would see if you guys had played it and how you felt about it sorry 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 uh chase the closest thing i've seen like it since is mordheim city of the damned on pc released late last year which has a lot of the same features, but a much crueler learning curve. And because it's a games workshop game, a lot of RNG going on. Next up, Jay, I wanted to ask you specifically as a devout square, (laughs) as a devout square slash Enix and RTS fan. If you ever played the DS game, heroes of mana squares, attempt at an RTS army building game. I feel like people must have mentioned that when I was playing through Secret of Mana and Second and Setsu 3. But I, maybe I blocked it out of my memory. That's so weird. I don't remember talking about this game at all. No, I've never heard of this. You want to play this? Square, uh, no, we didn't talk about it on here. People in my chat talked about it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because because there was like three or four different games released on the handhelds for the Mana series. And it was we were having a discussion almost every day on which one was which. And I probably heard of that one, but at first I just assumed right now that it was just a remake of one of the older ones. It came out in 07, so we we can't play for the podcast until next year. It looks interesting, though. It looks different. Uh, So if if you have, I would love to hear how you felt about it. If not, I don't feel comfortable recommending it. (laughs) <laughs> As I didn't like it very much. It was a 2007 RTS game for the DS that played at the speed of the original Warcraft. What? I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know anyone else who has played it aside from my brother and I, and it kind of broke my love of the Mana series, but it also ended up getting pretty decent reviews at the time, and I can't understand why. I had a lot of trouble finding the fun in that game. Yeah, it has really good reviews. 8 out of 10 IGN, 3.5 out of uh, 5, which isn't great, but that's like 7, essentially. Uh, 8 out of 10, 7.8 out of 10, 9 out of 10. The fuck? I've never heard of this game before. Robert, I know you are a busy man, and this is not a recommendation <laughs> show. Sorry. <laughs> I know you're busy writing books. But... <laughs> oh, dude, the other day, hold on. Let's just, I got, this is something I meant to tell you guys. This is hilarious. So, uh... The other day I was in, or I'm sorry, this is actually a while back. This was like five or six months ago, probably. I was at the comic book store and I, you know, just kind of like walking around and, you know, I, 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 I know like the, the guy who owns the comic book store and runs the place, you know, he and I kind of know each other. So we were talking a little bit. And, uh, so somebody called up to the store and they were asking him, like, I, I don't know what they were asking. They were asking him something about the store and he was like, oh yeah, you know, we're going to have, you know, this weekend we're going to have such and such artist up here. He's going to be up here, uh, you know, signing, you know, signing autographs. Like if you have any of his work and that kind of stuff, just like kind of like local artists and stuff. And he goes, he was talking to this guy on the phone for a minute. And then a minute later he goes, as a matter of fact, I have author Robert Ring in the store right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's a published author, you know. <laughs> I'm sure the guy was like, damn, Robert Ring. So anyway, <laughs> Who the fuck is he? <laughs> what comics did he write again? All right, Robert. Uh, so this is not a re- recommendation for the show, but if you are looking for a pretty, for a pretty and dark slash mature contemporary point and click, I would totally recommend Tormentum Dark Sorrow on Steam. All right, hold on, I gotta check this out real quick. I actually, actually, I think I might know what game he's talking about uh, if it's the one I'm thinking of. And if if it is, this actually looks pretty good from what I've seen. Hold on, give me a second. Calm down. Oh my god, dude, you're leaving so much dead air. I know. I'm sorry. I can edit it out. You're the worst you guys person are... ever. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I've seen this game, <laughs> and uh, I definitely this actually does look really cool, and I want to check this game out. I haven't played it or anything yet, but yeah, this this is on my radar for sure. I don't know when I'll get to it. Here, I'll link it to you guys just so you guys can see. But uh, yeah, it looks like a really uh, this definitely looks like a cool game. Uh, twisted and beautiful art, <clears throat> decent atmospheric music, and I haven't found a point in the game that actually that absolutely screwed me yet. Fair warning, I haven't finished the game, but so far it is definitely a well put together point and click adventure, and those aren't so common these days. Yeah, this is like a really dark, like you said, yeah, it's kind of along cool. the line. I, I yeah. like the art from it quite a yeah. bit. Um. Let's see. Hold on. Lost again. I keep losing my email. Uh, haven't finished the game. Worth a look next time it's on sale, I would say, if you fa- if you haven't found it already. Lastly, I thought of an idea for a top three. <clears throat> if you guys are interested Uh-oh. and haven't already done this in some form. The idea kind of piggybacks on the Easter egg top three, but a bit more specific. Top three... Gaming secrets you learned on the playground. The oh idea being how information about games was spread before the internet and facts were a thing. I would be super down for that if I could even remember one. The only it's a really that... cool idea is just that I can't. I I know that I won't be able to make a top three off that list. Yeah, uh, the only ones that I can think of for this are ones that were like complete bullshit. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Like That's what I was thinking of, kind of like what like, we did last time. Like how you can get Barney on NBA Jam and stuff like that. Uh, one friend might have bought a Game Pro. Another might have a strategy guide. Someone else might have just found a glitch to exploit. But when they all talked about the game together, they opened up parts of it that others didn't even know existed. I can think of at least five on my own, so I figure narrowing down to three is reasonable. Let me know if you're interested in doing this top three, and if you'd like me to share mine, too. Go ahead and share yours, Chase. I don't know if we're going to do this one. Yeah, I'd like to hear yours. I think that But yeah, be- I definitely... Yeah, I do want to hear yours for sure. Uh, as always, thanks for your time, guys, and all the great work that you do. I look forward to each episode of the show and hope that you all keep having fun making them. Cheers, Chase. Aw, yeah. Thanks, Chase. Why aren't, so if you're not Chase right now and you're listening to the podcast, why aren't you writing in awesome emails as well? Huh? Take a Damn. minute. Ask Cold yourself that question. I mean, just take a minute. You got to reflect on your life right now. Like, what are you doing? Well, I'd say they're listening to the podcast. What are you doing with your life? Huh? Listening to the podcast. If you're not, if you're not writing into the podcast, not good enough. And you need to reevaluate yourselves. Thanks, Chase, for the other awesome, <laughs> for, for for yet another awesome email. All right. All right. Thanks, Chase. Ever <laughs> reminding me Classic about Classic Robert Ring segue. Ever <laughs> being awkward about how I want a proper Lady Ninja, but I do get excited by the idea of Tifa, the girl next. Actually, that's Tifa's from Dead or Alive, right? What? Dead or Alive? Yeah, that's where I got Dead or Alive. Yeah, Tifa Lockhart. Yeah, she's from Dead or Alive. Or no? Yeah. There was another one also named Tina. From Dead or Alive. She was pretty hot, too. But, like, also, uh, <laughs> in Dead or Alive 2, on P- uh, I think it was Dead or Alive 2, one of the characters is her dad that you can play as. And one of the things that he would say before a fight, uh, I don't remember if he only said this specifically, if the, uh, if the other person said something about Tina first. But sometimes if you were playing as her dad at the beginning of the fight, one of his quotes was, Did you say Tina? Fuck, I don't remember that. Alright then. Okay, so uh next we've gotta talk about Next we gotta talk about what do we have next? We got uh, current game subcast. Huh? You guys up for this? You guys think I, you I, okay? strong? Yes, I actually yeah. have something to contribute strong. for once. Damn, Holy dude. Congratulations. We're very Thanks. proud of you. I know, it's really kind of surprising. This is a big day for you. I know, I won't overachieve next time, don't worry. I just won't even show up next time to balance it out. Okay. Do you want to tell us? You want to tell us yeah, uh, so I played through most of Amnesia. Robert, you've played Amnesia. And this game sucks really bad. It uh, is not scary. There's only like parts of it that are slightly even mm-hmm. worth getting worked up about. The jump aspect of it, there's not too much of it, thankfully. But my God, the like the the surprise scares, you know, where things jump out at you. I thought you were talking about jumping. Oh no, 
So Amnesia is a horror game. Um, you basically will see things will happen throughout the, the while you're in this like castle. Things will happen in the castle that make your character start losing sanity, and then the walls start shaking. And like, there's some cool effects that happen. There's like bugs that crawl across the screen, and your character starts going incredibly insane, and you start seeing this creepy zombie thing that'll chase you and kill you. But that guy, the game. That guy. Yeah, it, it was scary for a while, but the problem is the puzzles are like shitty point-and-click adventures. We walk around the same fucking area over and over and over looking for, like, one new thing, just clicking on things, spamming on things, and eventually the dude wasn't even scary anymore. He was just annoying because it was like, dude, I'm trying to figure out how to do this puzzle, and you had to move this mattress, and there was a thing underneath, and then you take the thing, and it was just it, – it, the most of the puzzles in the game were just absolute dog shit, and it was just really, really poorly designed and – I didn't enjoy it. All. I, I do agree. I do agree about the puzzles because I I do remember one point in the game. It was right before the. It was when you're trying to get the elevator to start working. Yeah, I got way past that part. By the way, that part that part was where I was like, all right, I'm getting kind of bored now because I can't, just can't figure out what to do. Yeah. But dude, are you serious? Like the part when you're in the uh, the prison, when the where the where the elevator goes. Yeah. And in that part, the uh, the, the yeah, you were the one that told me that, that the game got a lot better. It, it, it got oh. better, but. But, Fuck, I mean, the puzzles still were mediocre, and it's like the amount of times I had to walk around the same area ruined the bad guy for me because it was just I, like – I don't know. I agree. I do agree about the puzzles, but still, like – I mean, it's still like that part especially like scared the shit out of me. Like you don't know when the zombies hey, – So what's the horror game like, Harry played? Huh? I'm talking – I'm trying to – because there's a horror game that my brother and I played also that was really good. What was Outlast. the – Outlast. Outlast is really good. They're making another one of that. That comes out this year. That game's scary. I don't think I can. I, I just wasn't. I, I just wasn't feeling it. It wasn't scary enough. Like it. It, it just really wasn't. Like the effects were cool. This. You know, when you ran out of torches and stuff, and it got dark, and like that was cool. And the music and and the noise it makes when he appears was awesome, and it was really cool the first couple times. But when you are in the same area repeatedly, it's like, all right, dude, fuck off. Like I'm trying to get this shit done, and you're really just starting to annoy me. <laughs> Have you beaten the game yet? No, we stopped playing. We got like three fourths of the way done and just stopped. Just couldn't do it. I actually I think bored. the uh, the story is all right. Besides, like I, I couldn't I couldn't do the story. Like I I, no? I got a little bit of it, but like reading all the papers, ugh, I'll pass. I'll pass. <laughs> there was so much, dude. Look, are you like, kidding you me? You have to read, dude. Do you? Oh my god, it was probably like what a hundred and something pages, probably towards the end. Like you have like a notebook of just shit to read. Oh. It was okay. I, I, I would not play it. Would not recommend it. Would not play it. If you want a scary game, play Outlast. You'll pee yourself bloody and call it a day. No, don't play. Outlast is too scary. Play Amnesia. It's just, <laughs> it's just the right amount of scary. Put your tampon in. Play for Outlast. Me out of ten. <laughs> too spooky for me. Out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I get scared by these games. Pretty good. pussy, Robert. Hey, Robert. Boo! <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not doing this podcast anymore if you're going to keep uh, it. It's now the classic spooky podcast. <laughs> hey, Robert, look out. There's a skeleton behind you. No, there's not. Okay. Dude, that noise that it makes, though, the, that that noise that it makes it literally is so cool. Though. Creepy noise from Amnesia. Uh, let me see if I can show it to you, Blake. It's actually oh, really zombie. cool. Yeah, head? when he appears. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's good. Take it off my headset for a sec. Uh. Yeah, it is, it is actually really the sound The sound design of that game is really good. Yeah, like we like there was so much hype and it just wasn't good enough. Like that's the problem for me. Well, you also played it like three years after it came out, like four or so five what? years actually. So what? Doesn't matter. I don't know. 
<clears throat> there are there are old school. There are some old games that I'll play that are still pretty alright. What's the scariest game? Is that last the scariest game? Yeah, hundred percent. Last is horrifying. The scariest I, I, game is Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, fucking seeing all that shit. No, uh, Atlas is nuts. Like, I, I watched somebody else play it, and that game was still fucking scared the shit out of me. Hey, Jay, like, you scared the shit out of you? What? Metal Gear Solid. Uh, okay, I'm leaving. I'm leaving the call. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> That's the scariest <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> so playing, all right, so, so, yeah, Robert, what have you been playing? So I've never played a game in this series before, but I was like, I saw it somewhere, and I was like, wow, the art looks really awesome on this game. I'm, I think I'm going to give it a shot. So I've been playing Rayman Legends for Wii U. Oh man! Oh, Holy shit! This that, that is such is a pretty good, fucking awesome game. I yes. told people it's great. I didn't. I heard that the Wii U one kind of sucks though. No, I'm having a hell of a fun time with it. It's really cool because you've also like some of the levels they make really good use of the Wii Pad. Uh, That's what I like. I don't remember exactly what it was. I was talking about Rayman Legends in my chat a while back, and someone was saying that they'd played it and they hated it compared to Rayman Origins. And the reason they hated it was because the way that they used the touchpad in the game was really, really annoying. For me, I've really liked the way they use the touchpad. So they don't use the touchpad that often, but every once in a while there will be a level where uh, you don't control the person on screen anymore. What you do is uh, it's like an AI... Game, that, go, is an, it's an AI guy going through the game. Yeah. And you're like this, you control like the environment more or less. You, but like technically you control this like f- magical frog that flies around and is moving stuff there around these for the guy. That, yeah, like there are contraptions. Like you'll, you're playing in this, as this character and then there'll be a part where you touch the screen and you flip a uh, big gear around that makes it so that Rayman can advance. Yeah. Or you move like platforms side to side or up and down so he can jump over yeah, the stuff right like way. That cut ropes and things uh and like i thought they handled it like extremely well like like i really like those parts of the game especially it's really fun on co-op i've been playing it with my seven-year-old and like one of and on co-op one of one of you is the person walking through the game and the other one is the person like doing doing that stuff it's just it's the same thing except it's that probably helps it for you it's yeah the way that i've heard the of the implementation of the uh the wii u pad on Rayman Legends on Wii U is that it's more of a multiplayer kind of thing, and doing it multiplayer, multiplayer, I could see how that would actually be fun. But I don't know about a single player experience doing that. When I, I mean, even for me, again, even on single player, I've really enjoyed those parts of the game. Yeah, but you're weird. I am. There's that. But, but anyway, like that part, the rest of the game. Those, yeah, that's like one out of every like seven levels, probably on average. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the game, like the the art is amazing. Like that was the that was the thing that drew me to the game. I was just kind of like looking at stuff, and I saw this, and like caught my eye. I was like, wow, this game looks it looks really good. And so far, the whole thing, everything I've played, all the the art design on all the levels is fantastic. The it's got uh, an orchestral score, and it's got to be like maybe one of my favorite, like maybe. Like, definitely one of my top three scores for a video game that I've ever played. They do such a great job with it. And then there's, like, characters that you can unlock and that kind of stuff. Like, to be fair, like, there's not that big of a variety of the characters that you can unlock, but it kind of just adds a little, like... A lot of them are reskins, recolors of 
other characters. Yeah. And even the ones that aren't like, so there's like, uh, I think four like basic characters and then they like do reskins of those four over and over again, which is fine. But even, even like those four different characters, like all the, like the mechanics are exactly the same for each one of them. So like the game won't play any differently, but it's still fun to like kind of pick a guy that looks a little bit different to play through the game with. The levels it's are designed really well. Cosmetic, cosmetic and that's okay, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think the levels are designed really well. Uh, there's like, there's some levels where it's like, they'll be playing like music in the background. It's like kind of like how you got to like see how fast you can get through the level. And those are really fun. There's somewhere like every once in a while you get a level where like the music goes along with like the things that you're doing in the level, which is really awesome. But like, I like thought this game was going to be pretty good. So I bought it and I've been playing it. And like, I like every time I play this game, I'm just blown away with how much fun I'm having with it. So I, I highly recommend Rayman legends for Wii U. It's a f- uh, it's fun. Like you don't like that yeah. style of gameplay, correct? The collection oriented. Um, I didn't. I don't really think of Rayman Legends as a collectathon kind of game. I, it's got that aspect, but for the most part, things like the loom, lumas, I think they're called, that you have to collect, are yeah. generally in the way as you're going through the stage. Every once in a while, you'll have to go out of your way to discover a hidden cache of some stuff. But I kind of like it. For me, that just reminds me of old Mario-style gameplay, the old 2D Mario platforming, Mm. but instead of rewarding you with, oh, here's a one-up or here's some coins, it's like there's an actual goal there. There's there's something you're going after. And the main thing that I don't like about a lot of the Collect-A-Thon games was just that they were 3D and they were very, very, very weak on the platforming aspect. And with Rayman Legends, I thought it was a very good platformer. But for me, I see it as a platformer first and a collect-a-thon game second. Yeah, I think I think that's how they get away with it. Yeah, there is like a lot of collection stuff, but they like focus more on like making a good platformer, and then they add collectible stuff to that. Yeah. That's all I got. How about you, Blake? Um, God, I've been playing all sorts of stuff lately. I got into this game called Grand Blue Fantasy. Uh, it's a Mobile game, sort of. It just, uh, it didn't come out in the US. It's still a game that is exclusively technically available in Japan, but they released an English patch for the game. I didn't know that at first. I thought they were completely redoing the game uh, for the English audience, but that's not the case. And it's a mobile slash browser based game. Uh, if you want to look it up, it's Grand Blue, not Grand. So there's no D. Grand Blue Fantasy. Uh, you can check that out. It's kind of a pain in the ass to install and get your account started, but it's a turn-based. This is a, this is a sequel uh, to Grand like, Turismo. Yeah, I was, thinking, I was gonna say that exact thing. Oh my god, that's so funny. I was waiting for you to stop talking so I could say that. That's so funny. <laughs> Guys are terrible. Um, I'm bringing you down. Grand Blue Fantasy. Go look it up. It's an RPG. It's a uh, turn-based. You, it's got a draw system. There's a pay to win aspect to it. Uh, you can play the game without paying any money though. You don't need the extra characters and all that junk. You can just play it with the base stuff that you get while playing the game. I'm not too far into it yet, but right now I'm having a lot of fun with it. 
Uh, it's got your character, your main character can change to different classes. You recruit different characters based on specific weapons that you find. Like if you draw a certain sword, you'll unlock this vampire hunter looking character. And it's pretty cool. It's got all this variety. And then you can summon, you've got summons, you've got weapons, you upgrade your weapons, you upgrade your characters, you break their level caps so that you can take them higher and take on harder and harder content. Your typical mobile game stuff where it's just a little bit more, just a little bit more. Things are just a little bit harder, so you need a little bit more power. So we're trying to incentivize you to spend money on it. I haven't gotten to the point where I feel like I have to spend money, but again, I've only been playing for like 10 hours, maybe. The other thing that's actually kind of cool about it is that it has a story, but I haven't been paying attention to the story at all. It, it's telling a story. There's this kid that wants to go to take to the skies to find the sky map. But it's not like you need to know anything about the story. So I've been glancing at it at best a lot of the time. <laughs> Even that is putting it a bit strongly. I haven't been paying that much attention to it at all. Wait, but did you see a glancing blue? You no. Oh, sorry. No, they got rid of that stupid, stupid mechanic, thank God. You mean one of the best mechanics ever? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, no. yeah. no. I'll just fuck with you, Blake. Yeah, so, uh, Jay, you clearly played a mage class when you played well? No, I played a shaman originally. So, a mage class originally? Oh, originally, sure. Well, I still played enhanced. I, I didn't raid. Alright. I first started playing. So, I well, did, I mean, I did, if you didn't so. raid, then you didn't have to deal with glancing blows anyway. But yeah. Uh, do you know how bad Wind Fury glancing? Wait, glancing blows were melee, or physical thing. Yeah. Yeah, when, well, when I played enhanced, I would Wind Fury, and it would be like, miss glancing block. <laughs> But that's only until you get your weapon skill capped out. Mm, I believe that was... As long as you're hitting an even-level mob, there yeah, are... Yeah, exactly. No okay. Skills, okay. Yeah. Yay. At max weapon skill against an even-level target, you get no glancing blows. Anyway. Like, oh, 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 we'll talk about that first. Never mind. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> um, so, Grand Blue Fantasy, it's really cool. If you're looking for a little game to play on your computer, uh, I recommend checking it out. If you like, if you don't mind some of the mobile game design decisions that'll be put into it. Uh, what else have we been playing? Enter the Gungeon came out April oh, yeah. 5th, and I have been playing the ever-loving crap out of it. Uh, I have now put in... I put in some extra time before it came out officially released, but I've put in 89 hours into it right now. I, I can't stop. I can't, I can't listen to you right now. Look what Robert just posted in chat. I, oh, I saw, and I wanted to kick him Can you tweet that, Robert? Can you tweet that shit? No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, so you want us to lose all of our Twitter followers, you monster. Robert, on a, this is Robert on a Saturday night right there. Yeah, uh, I believe it, too. This is what That's he does. He sits around. out with you guys more often. I just took that up uh, myself right now. So, all right, End of the Gungeon is like Nuclear Throne, and Isaac had a really hard, fun baby. It's a top-down, isometric-style shooter. It's very much like, uh, I think, Smash TV as a retro reference. And you've got a dodge button so that you can dodge through enemy shots. And it's got like a bullet hell aspect so that your dodges actually have to be well-timed and pointed in a good direction and all that. So that you don't just dodge, 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 spam your dodge button and dodge through everything all the time. And it's a lot of fun. There's like 190 different guns in the game. Almost every single item that you will pick up, whether it's a gun or a passive item or an active item... Uh, everything has a reference built into it. There is Spice from Dune. Uh, there is the wind-up oh. rifle from Futurama. 
Uh, they have the uh, pistol that is a reference to um, – God, I can't remember the name of the movie. Old movie, Androids, Harrison Ford. Oh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner, thank you, yes. Uh, it's just, it's got references to everything all over the place. It's a really fun, well-written game. If you look into this at all, be warned, it is going to bust your balls. The game is really, really difficult. You've been warned. Um, I mentioned Overwatch earlier. We talked about that already. What else? I I don't know what, uh, what else I've been playing. I thought about... Doing Dark Souls 3, but I haven't started it yet. Jeez, dude. That game's supposed to be insanely good. I, mean, I, yeah, so I might good start about playing it, it yeah, next week. I'm, like, I'm really happy that it's good. Like, you know, usually the third one in the series is like the uh, kind of moment. Like, I've heard amazing things about it so far. I'm that really was more like Dark Souls 2 for most people, I think. That's true. That's yeah. true, actually, yeah. So they got that out of the way. <laughs> Dark Souls 3. Everything I've seen and heard about Dark Souls 3 makes it look fantastic I, I need to play that series so bad i just i haven't had the the mental oh. no, i i've played a little bit like for like a couple minutes from me but i haven't actually like delved into it at all okay yeah uh they're pretty fun dark souls one yeah. was pretty good dark souls two i feel like had in general better gameplay mechanics but a really dumb boring world and lore and then Dark Souls 3 looks like it's a direct sequel to Dark Souls 1. It has buildings that are very, very, very obvious references to buildings from the first game. It's got enemies and allies, NPCs that you find along the way that are extreme references to the first game. Whereas Dark Souls 2 kind of did its own thing and feels fairly detached from the rest of the series. Uh, so that's a big part of the reason I'm looking forward to Dark Souls 3. What kind of sucks is that this week I'm off to uh, PAX East on Thursday. So I oh, only have sucks for you, oh, man. God, your life sucks <laughs> so hard. I know. Jeez. The re- but for playing Dark Souls 3, it means I'm starting it up and then I'm taking like a four-day break. And I don't know if I want to do that to my no, skip your shit. Dude. Yeah. Uh, oh, I got Bravely Second. Endlayer, the sequel oh, yeah? to Bravely Default. I haven't played it yet, though. I'm probably going to stream that one in, in, like, two weeks. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> another <laughs> for me. <laughs> okay, hello. Uh, I played WWE 2K16 a little bit. Nice. <laughs> I, uh, I got through the showcase mode for that so that I could do something for it on stream before WrestleMania. Uh, I'm kind of looking around. Trying to find other stuff I play. Fine. I've been doing a little bit more Final Fantasy XIV. What do you think so far? Oh, yeah? Uh, oh, yeah? It's been yeah. good. I've played yeah. it with a friend of mine, and I streamed some of it. We did that together. Uh, that was fun. We did some leveling up. It is and... a very fun game, and there's actual end game to it. It is the closest thing to World of Warcraft that I've ever played, and it's a really Pretty. good game. The, what kind of sucks is that I want to get into Black Desert Online because they're uh, actually this week, this Wednesday, they're introducing a class that actually has an aesthetic that looks like a Black Desert Online. That game looks like a pile of shit, Blake. I'm sorry. It looks like every wannabe MMO Cody, that's talking out with you. Hey, hey, hey I tried. Hey, right? hey. At least I tried. They didn't even try with this one. 
I was looking forward to it a lot. It does not look good. It looks like every wannabe MMO that's been made in life. I've played it. It's pretty fun. It's got some fun aspects, but I don't know that I'm going to spend the money or the time on it. Yeah, exactly. I think everybody's going to do the same thing. They're going to play it for six months, jerk off to it for six months, and then switch switch and play something else. Whereas Final Fantasy XIV is actually holding people. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Finally. So it's not only holding people, but it's growing. I think it's yeah. still on a growth. It is, it is close to catching WoW right now, which I'm so happy to see. Good. Blizzard, man. Good Fair for enough. that. That game deserves it. Do you think that's a game that's worth getting into? Uh, Absolutely. Like- Absolutely. It is a really, really good game. Lisa and I both played it. The difficulty is great. Like you, there's casual elements to it. You can turn up the difficulty. There's some really challenging stuff to it. It, it is a very well done MMO. The story is supposed to be really good too. I don't pay attention to stories at all in MMOs because I haven't not. been able to pay too much attention to it because, as someone that is just now coming into the game, everyone else, like you're holding everyone else back. So I feel sure. like an asshole while I'm sitting there watching a 10 minute cutscene happen at the beginning of a dungeon, mm-hmm. and everyone else is just like, "Well, we can't go on. This guy has." I just pull. I, no, I just pull. Fuck that. If I die, then I blame them. That's what you do. So that's how you get them, Blake. <laughs> Ask Lisa. How, Lisa, how quick do I pull in dungeons? <laughs> that is proper answer. <laughs> oh, you watched the cutscene? Uh, I'm already pulling. You're an Incoming. asshole. Incoming. Oh my god. Incoming. <laughs> Bossing. Uh, <laughs> I played anything else lately. I, I Final Fantasy Record Keeper. I'm still doing that. I had some very very good. I pulls. can't get hooked into that game. I've been trying. I have some fun with it. You're just a loser. No, oh, I, I like it a lot more than when it was, like, a year ago, because it was, like, oh, way so too much. much yeah. Now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you really log on? It was like, hey, daily quest, okay, 15-minute quest, okay, 30-minute quest, okay, two-hour quest. Are you kidding me? Like, I get it. There's a lot of quests to do. I'm just going to log off. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking drove me nuts. <laughs> uh, I, maybe that's it. I feel like there's at least one other game I'm missing, but who cares? Honestly, this month has been a really good month for games. I think 2016 overall is going to be one of the better months for so a long time. Everybody that has played the new Ratchet and Clank, or I guess the remade Ratchet and Clank, has said that, that it's fantastic. Everybody loves it. Oh, yeah, I've heard good stuff about it. I've heard uh, a lot of hype for it. There was a little bit of hype, but I didn't yeah. hear too much of that. Uh, for the most part, all I've heard is the post-hype of everyone My going, My brother oh. loves those games, dude. Yeah. It's not a series that people talk about very often, especially anymore. Yeah, I never got into it because I actually thought it was one of the collectathon games. That Ratchet and Clank oh, and Jack and Daxter, which is a collectathon game, were so closely tied together in my mind that I just never yeah, got. Yeah, me too. Me too. Actually, that's funny. Huh? That's really funny. Because a, fr- a friend of mine was into both series, and I watched I watched him do Jack and Daxter some, and I was like, yeah, this game isn't for me. And so the same naming convention, they were on the same system. They had a guy and his sidekick. It was very similar ideas. And I was just like, no, I don't care about Ratchet and Clank. Never going to play it. And then I played the Ratchet and Clank uh, Kraken Time on PS3. (laughs) And uh, I was like, this is actually pretty cool. I can uh, get into this. So I want to pick up the new Ratchet and Clank, but I don't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Nobody, man. The end. All right, All right Robert, you want to move us on? Yeah, Check us. Wrap us up, damn it. All right. Classic Gaming Podcast. Top three. Oh, next top three is a top six.
Okay, right. Okay, yeah. six uh, games out of that out of that list. That, that list, you want the list for the be, museum of video games that you want to be inducted. Oh, okay. I'm be, so down with this. I'm so down with this. That you want to be inducted into the Hall of Fame once again. The 15 nominees or the 15 finalists are Elite, Final Fantasy One, uh, Grand Theft Auto Three, John Madden Football, The Legend of Zelda, Minecraft. Nurburgring. Uh, <laughs> Sounds Bader like Morgan. you're saying your name, but you're having a stroke. <laughs> yeah, actually, it does. Oh my god, that's so crazy. That is hilarious. Nurburgring. <laughs> Oregon Trail, Pokemon Red and Green, Sid Meier Civilization, The Sims, Sonic, Space Invaders, Street Fighter 2, and Tomb Raider. Alright. I can tell you Street Fighter So we have to come up with six two. more, is that what you're saying? No, six of the which six oh, of the okay. okay. you want oh, to be easy. inducted. Yeah. And then email us so you can be as awesome as Charlie the Night or tweet. Well, email. Oh. Well, you can tweet at us also, but you also have to email us first. <laughs> have to. Right. Mail at classicgamingpodcast.com or or and Twitter at Class Games Cast. Jesus, you are just stumbling. Did you have a stroke while we were on break? No, 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 no. Get your words out. Run, 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 run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Cool. It's good. Cool. Hey, hey, what do you guys Hey, All right, I'm throwing an idea out here. We don't have to do it. It's just a thought. I thought about doing this for the fans. Uh-uh. So if you don't want to do it for the fans, that's cool. Do you want to do an episode next week? Since we've done them... Once every three weeks for like five months in a row right now. I'm going to be gone to Boston. You can phone in. Um, if you want to do, we could do it normal this this time, Robert, and then the following one if you want to do, if you want to pick it up one, I'm, I'm fine with that as long as Blake is. So if you want to do two in the next three weeks, I'm fine with that. Yeah. All right, we'll, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll touch base on that next time then. Okay. You think you do, Robert, but you don't. <laughs> okay, so. We will be back in two weeks from today. Okay. Okay. So we'll, we're actually That's doing them plan. on time. This, we're actually doing it on time this time. I'm going to be in town. You guys are going to be in town. We're going to get this shit done. Oh my god. Thanks okay. as always for listening. Once hey. again, send us an email. Oh, also leave us an iTunes review. Oh yeah. Good night, everybody. And tell everybody else to listen to us. Also. Yeah, do that part for sure. All right, see you guys in two weeks.